Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. I have to say, I am genuinely thrilled to be able to say that Major League Baseball's back and we're going to play 162 games. Um, I do want to start by apologizing to our fans. I know that the last few months have been difficult. There's a lot of uncertainty um, at a point in time when there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. Um, sort of the way the process of collective bargaining works sometimes, but I, I, I do apologize for it. Looking forward, I could not be more excited about the future of our game. Uh, I, I, I think we have an tr- opportunity in front of us. I think it's an opportunity that we need to work with the players to fully seize. Um, but I think that some of the things in the agreement are really, really important in that regard. I love our game. Having said that, um, since I've been commissioner, I've talked about the need uh, to make changes in some of our rules to enhance the entertainment value of our product for the benefit of our fans. Uh, And I think the new agreement opens an opportunity that we can work with the players to make sure that we make good rule changes that works for our fans, works for our players. Justin Ellick dancing on your Friday morning as the news comes down that Major League Baseball is back. And uh, somewhere right now, diehard Met fans like me, like Bernie, like Peter King, like Bill O'Reilly, diehard Yankee fans like Rudy Giuliani, Chaz Palminteri, and a host of others are really happy we've got baseball back. That was the commissioner, Rob Manfred, who you heard there at the very top of the show, talking about the New Deal. So, on April the 7th, not that long from now, the Mets will be in Washington taking on the Nationals with guys like Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer on the mound. The Yankees, they open up, you ready for this? Against the Boston Red Sox in the Bronx, 162 Major League Baseball games. Baseball is back. Lisa Ganji, I know you're excited, too, on this uh, New York Met Friday morning. So we have a lot to do today. Obviously, the war in Ukraine, Russia, continues to rage on. A lot of cuts today from Zelensky, who is um, 
I got to tell you, I love Zelensky. You know that. So does Bernard. So does my son and many other people. But he's becoming a madman. He's almost as crazy as Putin these days. Now, one guy's evil. He's killing people. One guy's trying to protect his people. But they're equally as crazy, I think, at this point. We'll get to all the Zelensky stuff, too. Jesse Smollett going to prison. That's good news. Andrew Cuomo. Hey, folks, you got a race here. You've got a race with him and Kathy Hochul. All of that on the table and a multitude of big-name guests today, from Ron Insana to Jennifer Harrison, Rob Shooter, the naughty gossip columnist live in studio, former WFAN midday host, now WPIX television sports host, Mark Malusis, to a very intriguing 9 o'clock interview that you're not going to want to miss. Lou, you're smiling. I'm not going to say his name. Well, don't look at me to say anything. I'm not going to say it either, but I, I, would, you, would you at least agree it could be great? It could be a dud, but it is absolutely worth listening to because it's got the potential to be huge. Nine o'clock. Well, when you say huge, you're talking about the what will happen. <laughs> Help me out a little. <laughs> I don't even know what I when I well, say huge, what it. I mean. I yeah. don't know what okay. I mean, but it just it just has the possibility of of being, you know, just great or horrible. Uh, it will make news. All or nothing. It'll make news. You, you agree with that, right? Are we still talking about the same thing? All I, or nothing? I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think we are. So uh, make sure you stay tuned, folks. I promise you this is going to be a great, great show. Now, Bernard is still out today. He finished his latest round of chemotherapy yesterday, and he takes Fridays off to go home and rest. So he got his latest uh, round of chemo Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He's sleeping as we speak. He'll be back on Monday morning. And I do want to thank the listening audience for showing up huge this week in Bernie's stead. I've done a great job, not only here on the program, but on the social media websites as well. So thank you for all of that. And I invited this morning Frank Morano, who does a tremendous job as our overnight host. He gets ratings that you've never seen before. The other side of midnight, one to five every uh, weeknight after uh, Dominic Carter. There he is in his uh, William Shatner Star Trek Captain Kirk outfit, and I invited him in because he's, uh, he's here every morning. Bernie's not here, and he he's good, really good. In fact, I, I told your friend Arthur Idala yesterday ah. just how good I thought you were. So. Well, that's very kind. Thank uh, you I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Uh, it welcome. sounds like an action-packed show. Privileged to be a part of it. Well, thank you. Let, let me get to my day yesterday because you know all of these, all these players. Mm. So I say to the audience yesterday, Frank, I go, listen, I'm doing something today, but I can't tell you who I'm going to see because it's going to piss all of you off. All of you. <laughs> and you know that's the case. Okay. So long story short, long story short. I make my way after the show with John Katsimatidis, and and again, I know you guys get tired of it. I don't care. I must profess my love for John every day. You know. I know you do, too. Absolutely. I know. And Margaret. He actually wrote the fo- one of the forwards for my book. I'm lucky I've got two forwards, like Keith Hernandez did. Bernard wrote a great forward months ago, and now John Katsimatidis wrote a forward yesterday. That is so good, it actually made me cry. I swear to God. Wow. And the things he said about me in this forward were so over the top and so nice, you almost wouldn't believe it. Were any of them true? I doubt it. Uh-huh. He said he bought this station, and he had one talk show host in mind. He had one music guy in mind, Bruce Morrow, and one talk show host in mind, me. And they went on to say some really, really nice things. It was lovely. It was lovely. So he invites me, him and Chad Lopez, our fearless leader, to the Harvard Club yesterday. Mm. Now, being me going to the Harvard Club is almost like inviting Osama bin Laden to a bar mitzvah. Is that, <laughs> is that about right? <laughs> 
So I walk in, and uh, it's a very nice place on 44th Street between 5th and 6th Avenue. Have you been there before? I've been there, yes. I'm sure you have. Yeah. Now, why, why were you there? I don't know. There's a lot of different events, different dinners. Right. I think um, there was a there was a, a radio-related function that I was there for one time. But you do all these things. You're, you're a man about town. Friars Club, Harvard Club, that. Yale Club. You do all that stuff. I, I, I can't get into the schools. I may as well get into the club, right? <laughs> it's funny. I don't do that stuff. I go to the gym. I go home. I do my thing. But I was... I was... I'm very involved in things that involve eating and drinking. Well, that's what you like to do, yes, right. And this exactly. place is a lot of eating, a lot of drinking. No doubt. And it was very nice of John and Chad to invite me. So I took them up on their offer. And uh, Todd Shapiro, his lovely wife, Liz, I got a nice table. So I go to the Harvard Club. This for the PAL luncheon. Exactly right. Police Athletic League, which John and Margot do a tremendous job of raising money for. Tremendous mm. job. And it's a great, great cause. You know that. So I go, and uh, you've got John, you've got Chad, you've got George, our great VP, the mm. lovely Emily Pankow. Uh, who else was there from our station? You had uh, Rita Cosby, Lydia, the Reverend, the Rabbi, like I said, Todd and his wife. Other folks like Rick Friedberg, who I like very, very much, Mr. Jersey City and Leprac City, and his lovely wife. I actually saw Mitchell Modell yesterday. Mitch and I were very, very, very close. And then he sold his store, mm. fell off the face of the map, basically. I know you see him at the club. Um, and then he was sick for a while, but he looked great yesterday. It was great to see Mitchell Modell. Angelo Vivolo, Columbus State guy. You know who he is. Absolutely. Columbus Citizens Foundation. Exactly right. So it was a, it was a great event. Mark Simone did a terrific job. I happen to like Mark Simone a lot. He did a great job kind of hosting it. John spoke. David Patterson was there, the esteemed uh, former governor. I like him a lot, too. Artie was there, like I said, Idala. And we have this uh, wonderful lunch all leading up to what? All leading up to a speech from a certain politician here in New York State, which my audience hates. I don't hate her. I hate where she comes from. I hate her politics. And I'm tired of COVID excuses. I'm tired of hearing that. But given the opportunity, again, invited by John and Chad to this event and the lofty position that this person holds, I felt like, let me make my way there. Long story short, who speaks? Kathy Hochul. Mm. <laughs> so at one point before she speaks, somebody grabs a picture of me and uh, Kathy Hochul, okay? And they put it on the 77 WABC radio Instagram. <laughs> exactly. So these people out there, and these are my people, I love them, I hate ripping them, but, but I have to say that I, I love the passion, I, I'm, I'm equally as angry, if not more angry than all of you, I'm leaving New York City because of bail reform and all these things, but you really act like children, you get really over the top, you get stupid, so it took about 15 seconds for the, oh, Sid is so full of it. We always knew that. He's a Hollywood stalker. He's Jay-Z. Thank God for Bernie. Now, now, hold on a second, idiots. When Lydia comes on, she'll tell you that when I sat there during her speech, I almost had a Lauren Bulbert moment from the State of the Union. Remember, she brought it out 13 about Afghanistan. Right. She started shouting, heckling the right. president. That was basically me yesterday. Shaking my head, looking disgusted, saying things under my breath. The guys at my table were were were, were scared to death I was going to ruin this whole lunch. So before you start calling me all these names, uh, get a clue. Okay, somebody took a picture. She's the governor. That's where it ended. It was nice to be there. It was a lovely event. I don't agree with one thing she says, not one. She's a friend of John. John is like a father to me at this point. All good. All good. But she goes on to talk, uh, Frank about 
how this city two years ago, well, if you would have listed the five biggest issues in this city, you never would have listed, listed, listed crime. Mm. And only because of COVID has this been the case, sweetheart. And then she goes on to talk about guns. Governor, it's not the guns. It's the people that fire the guns that have been arrested 39 times, 34 times, 26 times. That's the issue. If she thinks she's going to stop illegal guns from coming into our city and state, she's an idiot. She's not going to stop it. No one can. I don't want to throw up a white flag and say we can't, but we can. The idea is when the guns get here, don't allow folks who've been arrested 100 times to use them. Is that fair? I think it's fair, absolutely. And look, I'm still waiting for Governor Hochul to tell the public what her position is on fixing the <laughs> on fixing the bail reform law. We know where Jamani Williams is on it. We know where Tom Swazi is on it. She's been tip well, uh, tiptoeing and know tap that? dancing. Well, why don't you tell me? I'm, I'm well, so, glad you here. So where she, is Jamani Williams on it, and where is Tom Swazi? Jamani Williams is firmly in favor of the bail reform law. He wants. He doesn't no, want to change anything. Uh, he, I think, would actually make it even more liberal. More liberal. And Tom Swazi is firmly against the bail reform law. And Hochul has been trying to do this balancing act kind of between the two, where she's not going left, she's not going right within the Democratic Party. Right. But she's kind of being all things to all people. Exactly. And I can't stand that. That's what Eric Adams does. And look, she's cute. She's got a nice smile. She loves sports. So uh, during any one of her speeches, she'll mention the Buffalo Bills a hundred times, a hundred times. Then she goes, you know, I was on the subway twice. Oh, really? Look at you. That's very courageous. I was on the subway four times yesterday. I was on the subway twice. And by the way, when she went on the subway twice, she was surrounded by guys with like Uzis, guns, all that, that stuff that the governor yeah, gets. right. So. Security details. You know, three million people travel the subway every single day. It's not all that dangerous. But she's been on it twice, like her whole life, with a bunch of guys with guns. Don't tell me it's not dangerous when i got to take the subway every day and see filthy homeless people, at the very least, masturbating in front of children. Don't tell me it's not dangerous. You've been on it twice. So that pissed me off, too. Your thoughts, Frank? <laughs> I mean, I would think at least take a train where they're masturbating in front of adults. I mean. <laughs> right. No, but the point is she's just so out of touch. And, you know, and she tries, like you said, to to appease Democrats and Republicans. And I know John uh, Katsimatidis keeps talking about common sense Democrats. And I love that. And there are some. Not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. For the most part, Democrats are ruining this country. And I mean ruining it in a big, big way. They destroyed this city. Uh, the Cuomo and Hochul destroying this state. Of course, uh, the Biden administration destroying this nation. They are killing us. And for every one common-sense Democrat, there are 50 that are the most evil people you'll ever meet. So how am I supposed to sit there yesterday, and I gave it my best? You, uh, believe me, Frank, I gave it my best. I showed up. I was uh, eager to go. I did say hello to her. Like I said, somebody took a picture. By the time I left, I called my wife. I said, never again. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, I, I, I mean, how, how phony could I possibly be? Everything she said pissed me off. But so I would think the solution is then you don't vote for her, right? So well, why not. can't you have a friendly, cordial relationship with her? I said hello. Yeah. So then why can you not do that in the future? You don't have to endorse what someone stands for, what someone believes in, in order to have lunch with them. But it makes me so angry. 
And I'm mm-hmm. immature. I'm not like you. Like you're an yeah. adult. Like you're, I, you know, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a child. country yeah. mile. But you got to be on the same page with her on uh, adding casinos to New York City. That I love. I can't, you can't add enough. Right. In so all seriousness, I do the, like that. She's the leader of that. I know. She That's going to be her thing. But but you told me that odds are there won't be any casinos in New York City in Manhattan. I think Yonkers uh, is is probably the most likely place, you know, where they have Empire City in Yonkers. Yeah. But you never know. Maybe at Aqueduct. Maybe uh, w- over where the uh, resort yeah, is over there. I don't want that, It's already there. Like, I want to be able to, to go. I, don't, I, I can't Why see not any... the Hard Rock Hotel above the Hard Rock Cafe right there in Midtown Manhattan in Times Square and put a casino there? I mean, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but Midtown already has some existing issues with traffic congestion. I, I, I do notice Very that. rarely yeah. does yeah. a casino improve traffic Well, you're congestion. right about that. Right, yeah. right, right. But it does. Listen, it, it, it will get uh, jobs and it will bring in more revenue and take the train because Kathy Hochul says it's completely safe. She's been on it twice her whole life. She's had no issues. <laughs> what did, I'm just curious, before I break for the first time today, what a great opening segment. What did you want? What did you talk about last night? Well, um, you know, obviously baseball's back. That's pretty right. exciting. And you're a big Matt fan. Oh, huge Matt fan. Absolutely. And yeah. to, I was um, wringing my hands thinking that uh, here the Mets get Max Scherzer and we're not going to have a season. Unbelievable. So I'm glad that we got it. But we also, uh, I really... I'm so tired of being this political football between the owners and the players, and I really think it's time for Congress to look at yanking Major League Baseball's antitrust exemption. Not a bad idea. I don't see why they get to operate as a legal monopoly, whereas no other professional sports team does. Uh, It's not a bad idea. I hate it when politics gets involved with sports, but but from a fundamental level, which you're talking about, you're 100% right. 100% 100% right. You think they'll do it? I don't. I mean, I think if there was a lockout this year, you might have seen it because there's a lot of frustration from politicians on the left and the right. Guys like uh, Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz were upset about the whole All-Star game issue. Bernie Sanders was upset about the minor league teams yeah. all being cut. Yeah. And uh, you know, guys like Dick Durbin were upset that the fans were once again looking at a season without with, with 100, 100 days of a lockout and right. looked like opening day was in jeopardy. But it's not. April 7th, folks, once again, the Mets and the Nationals, the Yankees and the the Red Sox, folks, we're going to play 162 games. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Frankie Morano sitting in Tiliaz's uh, for Cocktail Friday morning meeting. We've got uh, Ron and Santa, Jennifer Harrison, Mark Malusis, and a special guest stopping by at 9 o'clock, which once again could be the greatest, and I mean this, the greatest interview in the history of WABC or... The absolute worst. There's no in-between. It's either going to be a huge hit or a classic dud. The rest of the crew is here. Lou Rapino, Justin Ellick, Luke Lograno, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine with the news. This is going to be a great show. Friday morning, right here on Bernie and Sid. I got uh, listeners texting me saying, hey, I've got to go to the gym at 9 o'clock. I've got, I'm getting a massage at 9 o'clock. I'm getting Botox with Jen at 9 o'clock. And I'm not doing any of it because I have to hear this interview you're talking about, which, again, I will not reveal the uh, the person's name till probably in the 8 o'clock hour, if not right before. 
So you have no idea who I'm talking about. But again, at the risk of repetition, it could be the greatest or the worst interview in the history of WABC. Knowing me, it'll be great, but you never know. I may not even be able to save this one. But you know who it is, though. No, I have no idea. Oh, you don't? Of course I do. Well, you remember, uh, Howard Stern used to do that. They'd have, like, a a guest, a mystery guest, where they'd have to kind of guess who it was. And he didn't know. He didn't know. Right. Well, I do know That'd be fun to do that with you once in a while. I don't know know if that would be that fun. That'd be very dangerous. Why? Well, it would be dangerous, but it'd be fun. I think Frank's right. It's a good idea. Uh, It's a good idea. I'm just saying it's whiskey whiskey business. Every day is whiskey with me on this show. You were surprised the other day when you thought you were having Johnny Russo, the author of your book, on, and it was actually Johnny Russo from The Godfather. <laughs> the, you know, it's funny you say that, Frank, because I know you're friends with the Johnny Russo yeah. that was in the movie The Godfather. Right. He played, uh, what Carlo. was it? Carlo. So when Coming I came, up on the 50th anniversary of that picture, by the way. That, your favorite movie ever. So, um, I, and, and Artie told me, I say, you, you did some type of a Godfather competition. I, I don't know. You, you're a big Godfather guy. But you, my friend, actually put on the show sheet that day Johnny Russo, and you thought it was the Johnny that Frank is talking about. Yeah. Because you're a moron. Right. Why would I have Johnny Russo write my book when the real Johnny Russo wrote Anthony Cumia's book? Listen, I, uh, I made an oopsie. Yeah, you're fine. You're not a moron. Actually, I take that back. Well, sometimes I am. That's nice. It's nice <laughs> that you would take it back. Right? Well, I yeah, think, I think like we could that. definitely acknowledge the fact that at times, yeah, my brain tends to uh, not yeah. work. Something happens. Something yeah. happens. So this uh, Ukraine-Russia thing continues to be the the big news. What are you saying about this on your show? Well, I mean, obviously, it's terrible what Putin did to invade a sovereign country like this. I mean, it's a violation of international law. It's also totally irrational. However, I think we have to look at what NATO did to get us to this point. I mean, if uh, if we had adversarial countries moving into Mexico and Cuba and pointing missiles towards us, I think the United States would react poorly. Actually, we don't have to imagine because throughout the United States history, we did react poorly. So I think... NATO expanding to Russia's borders, including former Soviet states, yeah. in violation yeah. of what Jim Baker and George H.W. Bush promised Gorbachev in 91, it was going to have some sort of a blowback. So this you're saying that, very that, that, that basically pushed Putin to the maniacal stage he's at today. You're almost, well, I'm, let, I'm not saying I'm making an excuse, but you're giving at least a reason Above and beyond, well, he's crazy. He's right. power hungry. Now, a reason beyond that. I, I I think Putin's clearly at fault here, right? Just as Bin Laden was at fault for the World Trade Center attacks, but just as uh, there was some America, there was going that was blowback for a lot of American policies. Yes, you have to look at it the same way here, and maybe we look at ourselves and say, "What is NATO doing? What's the United States doing now that we can avoid doing in the future to have another?" Putin um, in the future invade another neighboring country. Now, what are your thoughts on Zelensky? He's become the uh, the Ukraine president. He's become the hero. Rock Even star. my thirteen year old son Gabriel, yes, rock star. You still feel that way? Um, well, look, he's getting I, a little he's getting a little uh, crazy. Look, now, I think see. he's trying to do right for his people here. He's clearly become you know a, a modern Mandela or Churchill, but. I think what he's trying to do in lobbying for the establishment of a no-fly zone is goad the United States into participating in World War III. No doubt. Which would not be a good thing. But we're not going to do that. Even as stupid as Biden and that administration is, I think they do realize that, yes? I hope so. I mean, um, you hear folks like um, uh, Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick and other uh, congressmen, uh, uh, left and right. Yeah, but just a few. I I think there's a a bipartisan uh, support not to do that. I hope so. I mean, uh, Joe Lieberman had a 
op-ed in the Wall Street Journal yesterday urging the establishment of a no-fly zone. 74% of the American people support the establishment of a no-fly zone. And I think that's largely a reflection of this one-sided media narrative we're getting on this. Except for Tucker Carlson, do you see anybody on cable news presenting sort of a a balanced view of what's going on here? No, you really don't. Let's get to Zelensky, though. He was uh, out there yesterday yelling and talking and uh, very upset, as always, here in this uh, first cut, Frank Morano and Lewis, Zelensky talks about how the Russians are treating his people. They want us to feel like animals because they blocked our cities, the biggest cities in Ukraine, and uh, they blocked and and uh, because they don't want our our people to get some food, water. Yesterday, for example, children. I don't know if you, if you know the children in Mariupol was mm-hmm. uh, the child was dead. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know that 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 is the idea of of this operation, or, or I don't know how, how is Putin telling about it. So that the idea to Ukraine, Ukraine, do, do with Ukrainians animals, but, but, but animals. we are not. Yeah, Russians treating my people like animals. Now to Frank's point just now about no-fly zones and closing the skies again, Zelensky talked about that yesterday, two, three, and four. Because we can't speak about the close, the, I'm sorry that I'm speaking again and again about this problem, but we spoke about uh, children, h- hospitals, etc. And you know the, 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 the number of these child deaths and, uh, and, and, and so we are speaking about closing the sky. You can't decide to close or not to close. You can't decide. If you are united against the Nazism and this terror, you have to close. Don't wait me asking you several times, a million times, close the sky. No, you have to phone us to our people who lost their children and say, sorry, we didn't do it yesterday, one week ago. We didn't push Putin. We didn't speak with him a lot. We didn't found, find the dialogue with him. We, 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 we did nothing. And it's true. Yesterday, the world did nothing. I'm sorry, but it's true. The world did nothing. He's furious, Zelensky, with everybody, including us here in the United States, as we continue, despite Mitt Romney's plea yesterday, to have those jets, those MiGs parked in Poland, not on the way to the Ukraine. One more about the possibility of cutting a deal with Putin and ending this war. Zelensky did not sound very positive. This is number six. Anyway, it will be very difficult. But, but it's true that I will try. And we'll see. But not, not only on my, not, it's, it's, it's not the story about, you know, it's not fairy tale, the serious things. It's not about my own decision. It's the decision of two countries and two peoples. Yes? And, and the decision of two presidents. And one of them is Putin. So we'll see. All right, Frank Morano, how does this thing end? I think it ends, unfortunately, with a deal very much like the one Putin has outlined, which is uh, Ukraine and the international community recognizes Crimea is permanently part of Russia. They recognize the independence of these two Donbass republics, which essentially become Russia client states. Ukraine is permanently not a member of NATO. And, um, you know, and they demilitarize. Now, I say, unfortunately, not because that's a bad deal. That's very similar to the Minsk agreement 
agreement that they worked out in 2016. But I say unfortunately because you hate to reward uh, a bad guy right. like Putin for mm-hmm. going into a foreign country and yes. giving him exactly what he wants. But I don't see any other way that this ends without a lot more people dying and without a complete shakeup of the world's energy market. Well said, Frank Morano, right there, folks. He'll stick around. We've got Ron and Santa coming up next, talking about the world energy market, the world markets in general. We'll talk to Ronnie about that. We've got four or five really good guests stopping by today. You folks are funny. They're trying to guess on my text, on my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, on the show page, at It's Bernie and Sid, at It's Bernie and Sid. They're trying to guess who the 9 o'clock guest is. Why Why bother? Sid's going to break it by 7 o'clock. Well, but <laughs> Just, you know, you you know who the that. number one name is right now? In terms of actual guesses. Mike Francesa. Exactly right. That's it. How'd you know one, that? I, I, I picked up your phone while we were playing the cuts. No, you didn't. No. How'd you know that? Seriously, how'd you know that? I, I, because it's somebody that's polarizing both of you right, together. Right, right. I don't, and so, like, it would be a big deal for him to, in his mansion, to go get the phone and call. <laughs> and, I'm here. I'm here, Sid. What do you need to know about uh, Russia? Right. Putin. The whole the thing. Mets. Sure. There what? you go. I never said that. He is a no- I never said that. That's right, Luke. He's the number one choice right now, and I'm not going to tell you whether you're right or wrong. It may be Big Mike. It may be Big Mike. Who well, knows? Well, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Traffic and sports are coming up next, but right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Every Sunday night starting at 8, Music Radio 77 WABC presents Dean and Dina Martin's Nightcap. Here it is. That was the very cool Dean Martin singing, I can't give you anything but love. And it's just perfect for Dean and Dina Martin's nightcap here on Music Radio 77 WABC. I love playing this fabulous music and sharing wonderful memories with you. This is Dina Martin, and I'll be right back with more great music on Dean and Dina Martin's Nightcap, right here at Music Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. What a shocking outcome in Philadelphia last night. The Brooklyn Nets beat the 76ers by 29. You can't make that up. 129-100. Jimmy Harden shot just 3 of 17 from the floor. Kevin Durant put in 25 points, and the Nets run rough shot on the three seed 76ers. The Nets are now one game over 500. They're two up on both Atlanta and Charlotte for the last playoff spot inside the Eastern Conference. And Knickerbockers back on the road in Memphis, taking on the Grizzlies later on tonight. But the big sports news, the MLB lockout is over. The Mets and Yankees will both play baseball April 7th. Here's our very own Luke Legrano with the latest. Thanks, Sid. It's official. The MLB season is a go. The owners in the MLBPA approved a new five-year collective bargaining agreement to save the full 162-game season last night. Some changes in the deal include a 12-team postseason, increases to the competitive balance tax, and a player's minimum starting salary, a universal designated hitter, an international draft, and a 16-draft lottery. Teams are allowed to complete free agency signings and trades immediately. All clubs will report for spring training by this Sunday, with opening day coming on April 7th. The Mets will open their season against the Nationals, the Yankees against the Red Sox. For Sid on Sports, I'm Luke Lagrana. Great job, Luke. Thank you very much. Hockey last night. Anders lead the hat trick. The Islanders beat Columbus 6-0. The Rangers, they lose 6-2 in St. Louis. And the Devils, they suffer a 2-1 
loss to Winnipeg. And finally, Tiger Woods, very emotional day yesterday, inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame. 82 career wins, the most ever. 15 majors, only second to Jack Nicklaus. Here was Tiger Woods yesterday. Dad, who's not here, but who is still in me, this work ethic to fight for what I believe in, chase after my dreams. Nice job there, Tiger. One NFL note, Khalil Mack, big-time linebacker on his way from the Bears to the Chargers. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Check them out, PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. CNBC's Ron and Santa coming up next. I'm Sid with Sports. Six forty-two on your Friday morning. Sid Rosenberg with you. Bernie back on Monday. My man Frank Morano sitting in, and we got a great guest that's coming your way. It's not Eric Adams. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Mike Francis. I'll let you know coming up next hour who's going to be here at uh, at nine o'clock. But right now, this is uh, an old friend. He is great at what he does. Not good. Great. CNBC. Been uh, coming on with me and Bernie forever. Back to the Imish days. Now me and Bernie. And uh, loves you, too, Lou Rufino. I know you love Ron and Son. No, he's a great guy. I he is a him. great guy. Yeah. And uh, making his way back to the Bernie and Sid show with Sid and Frank Morano, our friend Ron and Son. Good morning, Ronnie. How are you, pal? <laughs> Sid, how are you? I know it's great to hear Lou's voice. I mean, I knew him when he was a small child. <laughs> yeah, pick me up off the streets. He still looks like a small child. He's, he looks great, God bless him, and he's going to be 57 years old. But uh, it's great to have no you way. back. You know, before we get into the, the conversation about what's going on today, you know, I, I, uh, I became aware of this, um, this whole stock market deal in 1963 with a guy named Tito DeAngelis. I don't know how, Ron, but I became aware of it. And then I started. Not sure how either. <laughs> you know about this, this whole soybean scandal? So, um, a little bit. A little bit. So the bigger question is, when you look at all the scandals, Bernie Madoff, Milken, Enron, all these scandals over the years that have plagued the markets, what really is the biggest one, just in terms of money? Uh, well, I'd have to say it's long-term capital management and, and its collapse, which was in the trillions and trillions of dollars in terms of the kind of absolute value of the derivative contracts that they had used, I was told by somebody involved in unwinding all of it that the the, the pure amount of money at risk was, was staggering and beyond belief. Now, now what year was and, that? Uh, that was 1998. 1998. Russia collapsed. Wow. Russia collapsed, uh, defaulted on its external debt. The ruble fell. Long-term capital was this hedge fund run by a gentleman by the name of John Merriweather, who was made famous in the book Liar's Poker by Michael Lewis. He had worked at Solomon Brothers and then put on these massive trades with derivatives that anticipated a, if you will, a convergent of interest, convergence of interest rates around the world. And instead, they, they diverged dramatically. He kept doubling down on the bet and almost blew up the U.S. banking system. Wow. How about that? 1998, yeah. just 24 years ago. Well, you mentioned Russia. Let's get right to the biggest story in the world today, the Russia-Ukraine deal, sanctions, yeah. energy prices. What are we looking at with this awful war in the Ukraine? Well, we just got a very strange headline, uh, and my colleagues on CNBC started talking about it because the stock market just popped. We were up as much as 500 Dow points. We're about 400 now 
Uh, it's a single headline. I have not been able yet to find its origin, but Vladimir Putin apparently said this morning that there were some positive shifts in talks with Ukraine. Now, we don't know what that means. Has Zelensky offered to you know, never join NATO or give up certain territories in exchange for security guarantees? We don't have any details right now, but that's what's going on. If that's not true and if, and if the war lingers on, then we have sanctions that will deepen against Russia. Russia is starting to talk about retaliatory sanctions, not selling lumber outside of Russia. Russia has obviously huge forests and is a huge lumber exporter, wheat exporter, corn exporter, uh, neon gas that's used in making semiconductors. So it, it could get a lot worse, and it puts upward pressure on inflation, which is already sitting at a 40-year high. Now, you mentioned, uh, Ron, it's Frank Morano. It's great to talk with you again. Hey, you, also. Uh, you, you mentioned the inflation being at a 40-year high. These numbers that came out yesterday, that is before taking into account yes. the recent uptick in energy prices, right? Yes. Yep. And now, a couple of days ago, oil was at $137 a barrel, which was $10 shy of the 2008 record. We're back to 108 So there's extraordinary volatility in oil right now, and so we don't know where it settles. But, yeah, all the, the, the consumer price data that we got yesterday is pre-Ukraine. So we've seen things like lumber. We've seen, and you know, and rents, irrespective of what's going on in Russia, rents continue to climb around the com- country, and that's that's a big input. Energy obviously has has spiked, and and gasoline prices alone have gone up seventy five cents a gallon at least since Putin invaded Ukraine. So yeah, there's still there's still more painful numbers to come. You know, you say since Putin uh, invaded Ukraine and. You know, you and I, you can't get closer, uh, but I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about COVID. Truth is, this was in the making before, closing the Keystone Pipeline, relying on foreign nations to give us oil, all this nonsense. And, and yes, they've done a very good job, this administration, specifically Saki, of all of a sudden making it about Putin. Before, it was about supply chain issues. It was about COVID. Let's be honest here, Ron. What's the issue? What's the issue? Okay, let's, let's go back to pre Let's go back to February of 2020. Where was inflation? Where was it? It wasn't where it is under, now. Under two percent. Right. Okay. Let's. Where was growth? Around two and a half percent. Where Where was you know the the labor market perfectly fine? The unemployment rate was you know below four percent. Then we had the pandemic, which created multiple disturbances in the economy, both domestically and globally, disrupted supply chains. Uh, that is all true. By the way, explain to me, because that's all true about the pandemic, when Donald Trump, that December before he left office, did the GNP not go up in, in, in massive, massive percentage numbers? Am I missing something? <laughs> no, yeah, you're missing something. What is it? GDP, so nothing. GDP under Trump was about equal to Obama for all four years, matched, you know, straight up. Right before he so, left office in December, when things started looking really, really ugly, did that number not spike to a number that no one could have predicted? Nobody? No. In fact, we started to contract. Manufacturing started to contract because of the China tariffs uh, at the end of President Trump's term, and that slowed the rate of GDP growth. Last December, just 2021, GDP was up about 6%. Not not when Trump was in office. Ron, let me ask you about something that's potentially even more polarizing than uh, the Trump versus <laughs> Biden issue. And, I, and I'm, I'm not talking about the debate over uh, daylight saving time. I'm talking about uh, cryptocurrency. As, try, as hard as I've tried, I can't wrap my head around uh, cryptocurrency. What exactly did the president do with respect to cryptocurrency this week? And why are the Bitcoin people and the crypto people so excited and so bullish over it? I haven't figured that part out yet. I mean, that that um, the president, uh, you know, 
suggested or, or, or ordered a study, a, a deeper dive, if you will, into the impact of cryptocurrency, how it's used, um, and whether or not it should be regulated further. Um, I think in, in one respect, I think in the crypto world, they may be looking for rules of the road, if you will, that are clearer than what exists now. I don't see any of this as being necessarily positive. They're also looking at whether or not the Federal Reserve would launch a so-called central bank digital currency, a CBDC, which I'm not in favor of. I, I don't listen. I, I've been studying this for a while now. I don't understand the the use case for Bitcoin. And then there are twelve thousand cryptocurrencies that exist beyond. Right, uh, Sid Bitcoin. and I are starting I our own. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, as well, you. Why should, not? Yeah, Citizens United. You know, <laughs> coin. Um, well but, done, Ronnie. That's a good job. See, this, that's my yeah. boy. It's called Frankly Citizens. Tied, there you go. Tied to the book. They should pay you in Bitcoin. Uh, you're in the book. Uh, they, they, no, no, they're they, not going to yeah. pay me in Bitcoin. We've been over that. But they actually asked. I think right. at one point, believe it or not, they actually did ask. We're leaving that to Eric Adams. <laughs> Look at Eric Adams. Yeah, right. Exactly. The underlying blockchain technology is extremely important because it will reduce the cost of financial transactions, make them more secure. Ethereum is most closely tied to blockchain. I, I just don't understand. I think I still think cryptocurrencies, and I may in the long run be wrong. I think it's a, a solution in search of a problem. The Hello. dollar's just fine. Yes. Uh, all of you folks, including Ron Insana, Frank Morano, Justin Ellick, Lou Rafino, Luca Grano, all in the book, which you should pre-order today at Amazon.com. So you know, Ronnie, that you're very close with me and Danielle. We've had enough of New York City. And uh, we're leaving. I'm actually leaving on March 25th, two weeks from today. But we wanted to make sure that we got our deal done before the Federal Reserve really raised those uh, those rates, which I guess, uh, according to you, may happen as early as next week. So it looks like we got our place in the nick of time, yes? Did you get it in New Jersey? Not New Jersey. I'm not coming back now. Okay. All right, because if my wife's a real estate agent, I would have been extremely pissed. Uh, I, right, I, so listen, if okay. I was going to Jersey, trust me, I would have gone to your wife. I know exactly what she does. I love your wife, but it's not New Jersey. No, no. Uh, okay, fine. So, yes, next Wednesday, the Federal Reserve is going to raise rates by a quarter point to try to put a dent in inflation. And they're likely to raise rates for much of the remainder of the year if these numbers don't start coming down. So if if this war in Ukraine lingers and Russia, you know, you start with retaliatory sanctions and we put more sanctions on Russia and, and supply chains are further disrupted, then prices stay elevated and the Fed keeps raising rates. But that process begins as Jay Powell, the chairman of the Fed, told us recently, next Wednesday, quarter point hike, and then we'll see what happens from there. Very quickly, Ron, you talk about retaliatory mm-hmm. sanctions. One of the things we're seeing is all these American companies, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, McDonald's, Starbucks, pull out of Russia. Putin is actually now threatening to take over some of the assets of these American and multinational companies that are in Russia. How much of a concern is that? If you have stock in one of these companies that's pulling out of Russia, do you need to worry that Putin Putin's going to take over a big chunk of their assets? Yeah, I mean, now now some of those uh, operations are franchised in Russia, you know, but McDonald's has talked about suspending operations in all of its, I believe it's 578 uh, stores in, in Russia. Yeah, look, I mean, if, if you want to look through 1917 again and the rough, Russian Rush Revolution where they nationalized foreign companies back then, you know, this is what he's talking about. And so it's it would not be good. The other thing that would result from this was that you would not see uh, any foreign dollars and ever is a long time, but it would be quite a long time before foreign investors ever took risks in Russia again. They'd be on their own, Last, so, and, oh, and they already yeah, are. Yeah. Uh, le- yeah. Last 30 seconds, if things don't improve and this news about Putin is not right today, 
uh, two words you don't want to hear, inflation, recession. Uh, can you uh, see any scenario, Ron and Santa, where inflation hits double digits and we are, in fact, mired in a real recession? Double digits, I, 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 well, listen, it's not necessarily extremely hard to, to go there from here since we're at nearly 8%, but I would hope not. I think some of the inflation pressures will ease. I do think if the Fed raises rates too much and this war lingers on, the risk of recession later in the year goes up to you know 50%. Wow. Right now it's not happening, but the economy is slowing down a bit. We're starting to see that with consumers. Although, very quickly, I was in Orlando the other day for a speech. You would not believe how packed the airport was. It was a 50-minute wait to get through security. I know. No, I know. Did you wear a mask? So, yeah. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> you, do you wear yeah. a mask? Uh, I, do you store a mask everywhere you go? Why, how does that go with you? I'm just no, curious. No, no. <laughs> it's one of those Mike I Myers words. <laughs> if, if I'm going to be near any one of you or your friends, right. I'm absolutely wearing a mask. Yeah, you may so, throw me. You should wear two or three if it's me and my friends. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Yeah, I wear actually a full body suit when I'm around you guys. <laughs> Hey, Ronnie, I love you. Excellent job, as always. Thank you for coming out with me, and Frank, you were great this morning. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend. You might love to burn your eyes. Be well, man. You got it, pal. There he is, CNBC's Ron Insider. That is a great hour number one. We got a lot more good stuff to come, including I will announce next hour who's coming on at uh, 9 o'clock. We have three or four great guests even before that, and the very talented Frank Morano sitting to my left, sitting in. This is an epic Friday edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning. And it's only right here on the best talk station anywhere in the country. We are Talk Radio 77 WABC. So, Alec, not only is baseball back with the Mets and Nationals and Yankees and Red Sox set to play on April 7th, 162-game season, but there's a lot of, like, new stuff going on. Like, they're going to wear, like, uh, I guess, uh, promotions on their on their uniforms. There's going to be a DH now in both leagues. Is that right? Yeah, you got a universal DH, um, a new pre-arbitration bonus pool. So the, so the Met pitchers aren't hitting anymore. No, no more Jacob DeGrom. No, you're not going to have uh, – you're not going to have um... – a DH in the National League, which I actually kind but of enjoy. But you are or you're not? You're not. You just said universal oh, you, DH. You, I'm sorry. You are going to have okay. a DH. You're not right. going to have pitchers hitting. Exactly. Which okay. I enjoy. I, I think that was stupid. You had like two or three pitch, uh, pitchers uh, in the league. That I know. Hit, but, but, and you, that was it. Right. So now the Mets, that's a pretty good lineup. Now you add another bat to that lineup. That's going to help the Mets out in a big, big way. Right. And it, and I, I think it gives a lot more flexibility to National League teams that might have had to um, take a great bat out of the lineup because they needed a you know a guy out there playing a defensive position or right. they needed their pitcher hitting. But now you have the opportunity to have those big bats in the lineup every single night. What about the shift? I know Joey Gallo of the Yankees has been bitching enough with the shift. If we hit a line drive to center field, it should be a base hit. Is that gone now too? I believe that's gone. Am, okay. I, am, I, am I wrong in assuming that, Luke? No, Luke is not there. Give uh, me some of the rules that we know quickly in 30 seconds. We need to know for this upcoming season. The big the big deal is uh, the, the younger stars in the game are going to start getting rewarded for their performance. So they're going to start making more money. 
Uh, you're obviously going to have that universal DH that we mentioned, and then you're going to have the widest ranging draft lottery in pro sports. Wow. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Okay. It's a big deal. And then the international draft is, is a huge deal as well. That was something that the players really wanted. So. We'll do something. I know we've got our own baseball team in Staten Island. I actually posted something for Gary Perone this morning for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks on my Instagram account at Rosenberg.Sydney. But I do want to do. A uh, like a Met game with listeners and you guys and all of us go together at some point this season and or a Yankee game. That's fine. I'm a Met fan first, obviously. But I do want to get uh, the fans and the listeners out there with us on a nice day of baseball sometime during the spring. Anyway, hour number two about to come your way. Jennifer Harrison, the very, very entertaining naughty gossip columnist Rob Shooter, live in studio coming up at 740. And I'll reveal my 9 o'clock guest. All that. Hour number two, right around the corner. with an E dancing behind the glass as we start hour number two of this big Friday morning program on Bernie and Sid, my main man Bernard, home resting today after three consecutive days of chemotherapy. He got home last night. He'll be back on the air Monday. And in his stead, the guys continue, all of them, to do a fantastic job. Great guests this week, great interviews. Frank Morano was terrific moments ago as well. And we've got two really good guests coming up this hour. Jennifer Harrison, victim rights advocate, coming up at 720. She's going to tell you a story about an Upper West Side politician that is so disgusting. Well, you're not going to be surprised. You're not going to be surprised. And then one of the more entertaining guests we ever have on this station on every Friday, the naughty gossip, gossip, I should say, columnist himself, the very entertaining Rob Shooter, live in studio coming up at 740. But one of the more despicable people that me and Bernie have covered over the last couple of years is this uh, actor, if that's what you want to call him, Yossi Smollett. What was uh, the name of the show? He was an empire, right? Is that right, empire? Um, that's it, empire. Or as uh, Chappelle would say, Juicy Smollett. Is that what he called him? Yeah. What is that his, what's his real name? I don't even Jussie, know. Jussie Smollett. He's a jerk off. Yeah. That's all I know. Get him out. Yeah, get him out. So he, um, you know, he staged this whole thing. It's an old story. He staged this whole thing. He decided on a freezing, freezing, frigid Chicago night. Temperatures, literally, folks, hovering around minus 20 degrees. And he decided about 2 o'clock in the morning, this ass face, he was going to take a walk to a subway shop or something and uh, get a sandwich. And uh, as luck would have it, this poor bastard, just minding his own business, trying to get a sandwich at 2 o'clock in the morning in sub-zero temperatures, was attacked by a couple of guys wearing MAGA hats, and they uh, yelled, uh, I guess, the N-word. There was, there was a whole bunch of... He made uh, all these uh, accusations that he was physically and verbally roughed up all because 
these guys love Donald Trump, and he was black. That was it. But I have to tell you that I wish I can play the tapes from way back when. Not that me and Bernie are Nostradamus, but in a lot of these cases, especially me lately, <laughs> and Bernie would attest to this, uh, we've been right about a lot of this stuff. And we knew from day one this guy was full of it. Day one. Well, like, and and uh, Bernie, I think, was, was there even before me on this one, to give Bernie the credit. He's like, this ain't real. You remember back then, folks, that everybody was claiming if uh, that Trump was beaten by, you know, you know, guys are getting beat up in the street and Trump supporters are out there doing all this damage. And that's why the other day when this lady, this chaplain, who's a lovely lady, again, I don't want to I don't want to upset this lady. She's a lovely lady, the chaplain for Eric Adams. She was part of her International Women's Day. When she said she looks up to Maxine Waters, I almost killed myself right there. Maxine Waters, the same lady that um, calls everybody scumbags, yells and screams, get woke, and encourages people back then. She encouraged people to go out and rough up Trump supporters. That's a fact. These are a bunch of scumbags. Thank you, Maxine. Couldn't believe it. These are the types of people people look up to. That's a very dangerous society. Smollett would say something like that. So we knew way back when that this guy was full of it. And as it turns out, he was. That didn't stop Robin Roberts, and I used to love Robin. Look, cancer survivor, classy lady, beautiful lady, smart, sports, all that, okay, all that. But she's turned into everybody else, which is an unlikable, woke, uh, angry, entitled multimillionaire. That's what Robin Roberts is. Part of a cast on Good Morning America, which includes George Stephanopoulos, who we all know who he is. He's basically just a butt plug for the Clintons. And and Michael Strahan, who was a really good football player. But uh, let's leave it at that. I like Mike. I like Mike. Mike's a good guy, and I have hung out with Mike before. And, you know, we, we, we like a lot of the same things. And when he smiles, it's cute. And he does a pyramid, and he did the show with her. He's everywhere. Michael Strahan is everywhere. In fact, there's a little too much 92 for my liking. But whenever he discusses something serious, it's a little bit of a laugher. i got to be honest. And he actually was the guy that had the Bachelor, the Bachelor host, uh, humiliated him on television for no reason, a bunch of remarks that were really uncalled for. And he's the type of guy, Mike, that'll sit there with Robin Roberts and cry over a guy like Smollett, even though it was clear from the very beginning this guy was full of it. Me, personally, this guy can't do enough jail time. Look, we live in a, in, a, uh, in a ticking time bomb in this society. Everybody is looking for an excuse to do something really nasty, and especially when it comes to race. The last thing we need is a black guy to go out there and accuse white people of doing something they didn't do. By the way, the other side, too. White people accusing black people. Either way, it's no good, but especially, especially black guy accusing a white guy. Don't need it. Can't afford it. Just can't. And back then, when Spillett did it, we were really a ticking time bomb. And this idiot, this racist, this jerk-off goes out there and does what he does. And thank God, despite the efforts of Fox in Chicago and uh, Lightfoot and the rest of those crooked Chicago politicians, thank God the truth came to the surface and this guy was found guilty. Now, I read something a couple of days ago that he's going to go back to work. What idiot is going to put this guy on the set of a TV show or a movie? What idiot? I'll tell you what. The countless, countless racist white people 
and black people that have infested our society today. One of the things that John Katsimatidis wrote in the forward, he wrote for my book, and again, I read this yesterday, and he had me in tears. I really mean that. And the book is going to be great. Again, go order it today. Frank Morano just did. A host of others on Instagram. Just go to Amazon.com, Citizens United. Go pre-order that book today. You're going to love it. He wrote that Sid and, and Bernie, but this is my forward, so mostly me. He said, Sid is a voice of reason in what has become an insane, woke society. And Smollett and Roberts and Strahan and all these folks, and more small item, he committed a crime here. Robin didn't, Michael didn't. Uh, they're all part of that culture that John is talking about in my forward, and that me and Bernie, love Bernie, rail about every day here on Bernie and Sid. So now this idiot, he's, uh, he's going to jail. My only issue with him going to jail is, is it's, lo- it's not long enough. Because you have to understand, nobody died that day, I get it. But people could have. This is a ticking time bomb. You, 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 you're pouring gasoline on the fire. We're just lucky. We're lucky that there were not more idiots out there that really took to the streets because of Smollett's accusations and really made life miserable for Americans. I think what he did was an act of terrorism. Oh, Sid, calm down. F you, calm down. That was an act of terrorism. This guy should be put away for a long time. It's not. It's months, not years. But I guess in today's day and age, you take whatever you can get. But here's the shock. This is going to make you folks, you're not going to believe this. Once a victim, always a victim. He lied about the attack. He was not a victim. In fact, he is a criminal. He lied about the attack, said he was a victim. And once again yesterday, when he was led away, After receiving a guilty verdict, he once again found a way, found a way to describe himself as a victim. You have to hear this audio. You're not going to believe it. This is Smollett from yesterday. Your Honor, I respect you and I respect the jury, but I did not do this. And I am not suicidal. And if anything happens to me when I go in there, I did not do it to myself. And you must all know that. If I die in prison, I did not kill myself. Yeah, I mean, he, he thinks he's going to get the uh, Epstein, <laughs> the Epstein treatment. I mean, what do you think? Unreal. It's crazy. It doesn't end. Which is funny because, like, you know, Epstein, as sick as he was, like, he knew a lot of people. He was a big name, and and he had a lot of friends, and and that actually kind of made sense a little no, bit. No, no, I mean, to, to, I mean not just friends, but I mean, you're talking about the Clintons. Right. You're talking about very powerful people, Prince Andrew. Right. The whole lives could be ruined. But so, who, like, who the hell is Jesse Smollett? Who, exactly. Who cares? Nobody cares enough about you to kill you in jail. No. Nobody cares. Nobody. Yeah. So the victim card continues for Smollett, who to me is one of the worst Americans. I know it sounds nuts. I know. One of the worst Americans in the history of our country. Now, we have to get to some of these other folks that are talking about Ukraine and Russia. We played Zelensky this morning, a lot of Zelensky. I think we played some Jen Psaki, too. But uh, one of the issues at hand here is that you've got these MiG-29 jets that are in Poland right now that Zelensky really, really needs. And to be honest, we should send them to him. But we're not because this is an unbelievable reason. Joe Biden is actually nervous that he's going to incite Putin even more. I would ask Lou and Justin, all you guys this, 
when you blow up a maternity hospital and you kill innocent women and children, at that point, is it even possible to incite somebody even more? It's an obvious answer. No. Exactly. No. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly. So Biden saying, I don't want to incite the guy even more. He sounds ridiculous. The guy is blowing up hospitals. Get those people, those damn jets. And Mitt Romney, who's another dick, he actually had it right yesterday. Here's Mitt Romney. They say they need megs. People say, well, maybe that's not the ideal weapon for them. That's what they say they want. They're there. They have the eyes to determine what they want. They want MIGs. Get them the MIGs. So in the, wow, that's obvious category. I guess you've come to figure when you kill women, children, innocent civilians, that's a war crime, right? That's a war crime, right? Uh, just in case you couldn't figure that out. Here's right. Jen Psaki yesterday. This is Jen Psaki 13 letting you know the obvious Obviously, if Russia is intentionally targeting civilians, that would be a war crime. But we need to go through the legal assessment and review Why? in order to make a formal conclusion. Look at the New York Post, you dingbat. What do you have to look at? Even Rick Scott, down in the great state of Florida, former governor, now senator. I happen to like Rick Scott. He said yesterday, this guy's guilty of war crimes. Give the Ukrainians the planes that we can give them. They're willing to fight for their own freedom. They're not asking American troops to come in there and fight for them. They're willing to fight for their own freedom. Give them the planes. Give them the ammunition. Give them the anti-tank missiles. Give them the, the air missiles. Give them everything they can to defend themselves. And they will defend themselves. And, and when it happens, I think, I mean, we've got to make sure Putin goes to prison for war crimes. Just to kill innocent little children. I mean, we all just think about our own families. And what, was, what would we want if this was happening in our, our country? We want everybody in the world to show up and help us. Rick Scott, folks, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. As always, that's the number. Once again, coming up live in studio at 740, he's so entertaining. You folks seem to love him. Naughty gossip columnist Rob Shooter. We will talk at 840 to former WFAN star, now doing sports locally uh, weeknights on Channel 11 WPIX, Mark Malusis. Well, coming up next, victims' rights advocate Jennifer Harrison, and she's got a story about a potential Upper West Side politician that's going to make you guys really angry. I mean, not that we're not angry enough as it is between Ukraine, Russia, and Yossi Smollett, and all this stuff that me and Bernie talk about on a daily basis. Thank God we find a way, I find a way to include some yucks. And have a good time along the way because... Well, thank God we got baseball back, uh, too. Thank God we got Jesus. baseball, right, because the news is so depressing. Thank you for that, Justin. But this story is really going to blow your mind. So keep it right here, Bernie and Sid, on a Friday. Oh, by the way, Anthony Weiner, coming up at 9. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. You're not going to want to miss that. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, I am pondering the Disney Corporation reinforcing its woke credentials by publicly challenging Florida's proposed new law that would prohibit teachers from discussing gender issues in front of students kindergarten to third grade. 
The law seems to have some logic because children ages 5 to 9 cannot process fluidity and alternative lifestyles. Kids that age have trouble processing spaghetti. Nevertheless, Disney CEO Bob Chapek is concerned that the so-called don't say gay legislation will quote unfairly target LGBTQ kids and families. So Chapek wants to meet with Governor DeSantis. The mogul also says Disney will donate five million to protect gay rights. Of course, Disney can well afford that charity because it charges so much money to go to its parks. Neither gay nor straight working families can visit, but there is no charge for virtue signaling. Sorry if that seems harsh, but the Disney Corporation and Mr. Chapik, in my opinion, could not care less about kids and their families. Many parents, perhaps most, do not want woke progressive teachers indoctrinating their children, just as they wouldn't want overly religious teachers forcing a theology on the kids. The Florida law, however, needs a companion legislation. Every school in this country should be required to hold anti-bullying classes. In this cyber age, we simply cannot allow any child to be bullied, and now we need legislation to make sure that doesn't happen. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Jennifer Harrison is certainly an American girl, to Tom Petty's point here at 727 on the Friday edition of the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Yesterday, once again, thanks to John Katsimatidis, Chad Lopez, the whole crew, had a chance to enjoy a uh, a luncheon, the PAL luncheon at the Harvard Club. And uh, that is a a great group of people there, the PAL. And uh, John does a great job at those folks. Someone who understands what it's like to be a victim somebody who understands a real tragedy. Lots of us are so angry. I know I am, but I haven't really felt this at a at an individual level like my next guest has. Basically widowed at the age of 27 years old, Jennifer has now turned her life into a cause. Her life is a cause as she continues to try to strive for what's right here in New York City and across America. Jennifer, welcome back. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. Uh, I hate to judge this up. I do. But um, you're not often enough where people exactly know the whole story. So uh, let's go back to that tragic day. Uh, What happened? I'm sorry. And why, in fact, you now are doing such good work in trying to change what Democrats are doing across the country. 
uh, it's disgusting what they're doing across the country, said um, the depraved indifference towards human life that has swept across this nation among our elected officials is just so disheartening to see. But in 2005, on um, January 15th, so about 17 years ago, both my boyfriend and his best friend were murdered in a bar fight in New Jersey. And uh, three of the killers were caught. Um, there was a, a court proceeding, and two of them pretty much got off scot-free in a plea deal, and one of them only served um, nine and a half years for killing two people. So I learned very early on in life how broken the criminal justice system was, that victims really have no say um, in the case that you know that's going on or, or what happens or the outcome. And um, we also have no say in, in government and politics for a long time. And, and as we've seen, the pendulum has swung so far to the left and in favor of murderers and rapists and even the most horrific of people, um, while innocent casualties like myself and, and parents that, you know, even worse, have had to bury their children from violence, ha- have no say. And that's what I'm fighting for, to give them a voice. I told this story last Monday. Last Sunday, you may remember, Jennifer, it was like 68 degrees and sunny, and me and my beautiful wife, Danielle, my son, Gabriel, decided to take a walk. And I live on the Upper West Side. Thank God I'm leaving in two weeks. It's been five years of hell with these people. And I get to the corner of 104th and Broadway, and there's like a bunch of old Jewish people, white-haired, and uh, they've got a desk, a table outside, and they're asking me to join the Three Parks Democrats. And I don't know, but I'm going to guess the Three Parks are Morningside Park, Riverside Park, and Central Park. And, of course, I scoffed at the first two and I yelled at the third person. I was like, leave me alone. You people are evil. Um, And they had these pamphlets on the table. And they're trying to get certain people reelected, one being Fat Jerry Nadler and the other a guy by the name of Jackson. And uh, it's unbelievable that this happened on Sunday. And the day after, you sent me a text saying, do you believe what this guy Jackson is doing on the Upper West Side? I had just seen this table the day before. Tell the listeners what this guy did and what he referenced on those pamphlets in his uh, bid to be reelected. So there was a climate change rally actually um, on Monday or Tuesday and in Albany. And Senator Jackson, who, as you mentioned, represents parts of New York City, and Rachel May, who represents um, Syracuse, held a banner referencing, you know, referencing 9-11 and comparing that to climate change. Now, this, this banner, Sid, was so grotesque and so obscene, it actually had a commercial airliner commercial plane on the banner like about to fly into the twin towers oh come on and what was his point his point was what that that this this is gonna i i guess three thousand people are gonna die from climate change i mean i i don't i don't know what the point was to be honest with you it it was obscene yeah anytime you bring up uh the holocaust 9-11 in in a personal effort in an individual effort to get something across other than, I don't know, abolishing terrorism, that type of thing, it's really grotesque. And when I saw this, you actually sent me the tweet, and it is. It is a picture of the planes hitting the World Trade Center in, in his effort here, I guess, to uh, further his climate control uh, agenda. And uh, I guess he, he, his, his point is you'll lose a lot more lives if you don't mix that than those 3,000 people that died on that day. Why you would make that point, I don't know, but I guess that's the moron's point, yes? Yeah, I, I guess so. I call them the merry band of idiots in Albany. And I mean, that, that's what they really are. And then he tried to deny even knowing what it said 
and the guys on video reading from the banner. Right. So, I saw that. <laughs> you know, it it, it really that. doesn't get any worse, yeah. Well, no, it gets worse. I actually went to a luncheon yesterday where the governor, Kathy Hochul, spoke. And, you know, she did what Democrats do. She blamed guns, which is ridiculous because, again, people fire the guns. And often people with 34 priors, 22 priors, 46 priors. She blamed COVID. She found a way to blame everything for all the crime in the streets in New York rather than uh, the fact that we let people out. We let these criminals out time and time again, including guys that murdered, sorry to say that, your own boyfriend. That's another uh, uh, tweet, I guess, you sent me from a couple of days ago. Uh, Clean Slate, New York. What is that all about? So on the same day that that this uh, banner incident happened, I participated in a Zoom call uh, with multiple elected officials, all Democrats, advocating for clean slate, which would expunge or wipe clean the records of criminals automatically after a certain period of time that they have gone through, I think three years for misdemeanors and seven years for felonies, um, just expunge that and that they ever committed. Oh, yeah, a misdemeanor is one thing, three years. Don't love that, but I, I can almost, almost buy it. You're telling me they're willing to expunge felonious crimes, which do include uh, violent crimes like murder, rape, those types of things after seven years? That's enough for them? Yes. Yeah, so after seven years, the criminal gets to pretend that, or the rapist gets to pretend that he never raped anybody. Um, but the the uh, you know the victim or or the 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 murderer gets to pretend that he didn't kill anybody, but the the victim is still you know can I go get Kevin back after seven years? Right. I would love to go pick him up. I know I know there are parents that have buried their children that would love to have their children back and all of the milestones that they missed. Is that going to happen? Mm-hmm. No. Once again, the criminal gets everything, yeah. and we still have to suffer the consequences for with a lifetime of pain. So, you know, that was kind of my point. That's what I the, the list of disqualifying offenses on clean slate is not extensive enough. I don't think that violent criminals are entitled to the same second chances that for somebody that made a silly mistake when they were a kid um, or had to do something to get out of a bad situation. Uh, you know, people deserve second chances, but we don't get second chances. Sid. No, we and, don't. Uh, no, no, we don't. And not your boyfriend, right. Kevin. God rest his soul. There was no second chance there. So uh, on the way out, the first time I met you was at a big Lee Zeldin rally uh, down at uh, Joe the Boxer's place in Ronkonkoma, that beautiful warehouse that he basically built uh, for Donald Trump. And uh, you and I had a couple of discussions that day about the future of government. I know your friend Michael Henry, for example, is running for district attorney. I know you're very close with Lee Zeldin running for governor. Uh, do you see uh, a scenario where all those guys, Republicans, win uh, in 2022 and we start to grab some control back? I, I do, Sid. I, I pray for it every day, to be honest with you, because I think that's the only way that, that we come back from this. And I'm praying that we even, you know, we make it until November because right now we're all sitting ducks and targets under one party Democrat soft on crime policies. So I do. I do. I've, I've seen Lee Zeldin and Michael Henry's path to victory. I know that they could do it. I, people are waking up left and right. You know, we have Tish James, who believes in prosecuting uh, police officers and protecting criminals. You know, she's a defund the police or she she's a progressive. She's just as bad as, as the rest of them. And uh, and we have Kathy Hopeful, who as a, as a woman, a wife, a, a mother, sat idly by during Cuomo's toxic culture while he killed 15,000 people in nursing homes. And, you know, the woman said nothing. And now she's pandering to the left, too, because she has no spine. So the only way out of this is to elect Lee Zeldin, 
to elect people like Michael Henry, who really care about victims and know how to enforce the law and, and, and turn the state around. And we'll listen to people. You know, we mentioned the Zoom call. They blocked me out of it, Sid, when I asked the question. They kicked me out of the Zoom call with elected wow. officials when I posed the Jeez. question about clean slate. Yep. And my question was regarding um, you know, would they would they support conducting a national search to make sure that these violent criminals and recidivists don't have weapons charges or violent charges in other states? What's wrong with that? On the heels, right. well, on the heels of of uh, you know two NYPD officers being killed by a career criminal who was on probation in Maryland right. for weapons charges. Right. Oh, it's so a good question. Is, why would they? Why wouldn't they answer that question, Sid? I uh, wish I had the answer for you, Jennifer. I'd rather you didn't put me on the spot. <laughs> but, sorry. but no, 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 no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right. That's the point. They they won't answer because there is no answer. It's a very, very good question. It's an important question. It's the right question, and they don't have a logical or intelligent answer, which you do. So thank you for hopping on again today, Jennifer. For folks that have been through a tragedy like you, uh, I know you help these people every day. Where can they reach out to you? Uh, VictimsRightsNY at gmail.com. And you can also go on the website, VictimsRightsNYPAC.com. If you even have a dollar to donate, guys, I hate to ask you for money, but we're, we're really, we're fighting against George Soros. We're in a, you know, well-funded, extremely organized organizations. And, uh, and, you know, we need everything that we can get to raise awareness to these issues and let people know exactly why they're not safe right now. All right, sweetheart. Good job. Great job, actually. Jennifer Harrison, Victim Rights here in New York. From Boston to Denver and every town in between, Lou pays attention. This, of course, is Barry Manilow. My next guest here every Friday, known as the Naughty Gossip Columnist, is by far the most entertaining guy in media today, the very handsome Rob Shooter. And as Lou is playing that song, you told me, your husband, of course, is uh, worked with Barry Manilow. You just had dinner with Barry Manilow last night. I did. Hello, 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 everybody. I'm back. This annoying voice. Hello. Every Friday. (laughs) Regardless of if they invite me or not, I'm coming. I'm coming every Friday. (laughs) Barry's in town. So Bruce and Barry, my husband's Bruce Sussman, and he uh, writes the songs that make the whole world sing with Barry. So Barry writes the melodies. (laughs) Bruce writes, Copa, Copa, put them together. You got a song. Tomorrow night... They're at the 92nd Street Y. So oh, really? The y together live, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So can I go? Night. Come, Sid. I'll text you later. No, seriously. Can come I go? The y, you know I o'clock. love Barry Manilow. I love him. Not as much as I love husband. him. I love him. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He pay hey my, my rent. <laughs> I know. Songs, I hear you. I hear you. So they've got a new musical coming to town. It's called Harmony. And tomorrow night, they're going to go to the Y and perform some of the new songs from the show and talk about songwriting. And yeah, so we had dinner last night. This little like pizza place in Chelsea, he was like, they finished rehearsals. Right. And Barry texted. Me. It was like, no, no, I'm no, no, by the way, not too stereotypical Chelsea. I mean, <laughs> three gay guys. Um, so where were you exactly? This place you know, I used to live in Don. Chelsea. I, I bet they I used to live you. on 21st and 8th. I'm on 24th. 24th. Is that right? Yeah, it's a good part of town, and the High Lines made it all fancy. Yeah. When I moved in, it was cheap. It was sort of like a little Me too. rough. Me too. I mean, a little dodger. Yes, it was. Me and Lou went to a, what was the name of that bar, that gay bar? The Royal High. Uh, yes, the Royal High. That's right. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, my God, that's 
Bonnie was going to See, you, you didn't need me for that. Oh, but <laughs> did you Did you get a raw hide? Did, did it yeah. pay off? No, we, no. we went together. We left together. Oh, that was uh, another night, so, though. So, <laughs> last week, I, I get a text from, I know you look all handsome. You're going to be Channel 5. Yes, television. Rosanna Scotto. So, Rosanna's a Brooklyn girl. We both went to Poly Prep. She's a big fan of mine. Me and my wife at dinner restaurant a couple weeks ago. I said, listen, you got a book coming out, three movies, TV show. You're hosting the number yeah. one morning show yeah. in New York. We want to bring you on. She goes, you have to email my producer, Lamar Gronig or something. Lamar. So I send Lamar this, this really detailed email about all I'm doing, and I expect him to say, oh, that's great. Rosanna loves you. We're going to put you on TV. He sends me back an email. He goes, wow, you seem really busy. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Rob, what is that? <laughs> that, is, that is known in the business as a, a plight push-off. A plight. Thanks, but no thanks. Lavar's a good guy. I'm on the show at nine today. I'm going to get you on that show. Listen to this. I went on Rose show when I had my book coming out. I also did your show. Thank you very much. Rose sells books. I know she does. When she looks in that camera I know. and says... Buy Shooter's book. She didn't read it, but she still said, like, <laughs> like, if I asked the one question about the book, she wouldn't know. But she look, she sells. She's, I know Where's she the does. Book coming out? Uh, the book is coming out in August. I'm going to get you on that show. It's the last thing I'm going to do. No. That's the show. Uh, no, see, you don't have to do that. Sydney. I still love you. What's the book about? Uh, about 248 pages. <laughs> <laughs> the book is it, it's about my opinions on everything from Trump to Biden to my very close relationship with my father, who I lost oh, two years yes. ago, to me and my son, to Tom Brady, to you. It's everything, my opinion on everything. I'm not going to get you on the show. Book. No, I'm going to get you on the show. This sounds like a great book. It's and great. Did you write it yourself? Tell me the truth. I had a, a co-author. A co-author. Yes. But I, J.K. Rowling? Who was it? Is it someone fancy? J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. That's right. You know, you mentioned J.K. That's funny. So let me tell you what's going on this afternoon. So you know my daughter, Ava, is going to college. In London. She's trying to go to London. So later on this afternoon in Times Square, my daughter, Ava, and my beautiful wife, Danielle, are going together. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. They're going to some building to meet with the faculty and possible students from Bristol University a, in London. In London, yeah. they're getting together this afternoon in Times Square. I love it. I love it. It's a great university. Bristol's a really great, great town. Oh, she'll love it. She she's will. She's living the life. She is living the Does life. Does she know she's living the life? She has, no. She's miserable. She has no she, idea. She hates me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no she, she loves me, and she does know she's, uh, she's living the life. Uh, Britney Spears, mm, talking mm. about books. Your book doing very, very well. Mine selling big time on Amazon. Her book publishers are telling her to be quiet. Yeah, shut up. So when you write a book, particularly when you get paid $15 million, Sid, I didn't get that, and I think you got $14 million, but not, <laughs> not quite 15 So when you get $15 million, the whole idea is to give it away in the book. Don't give it away for free. So Brittany is a loose cannon now on social media, telling us all her problems, posting naked pictures, and the publishers are beside themselves. They're like, Brittany, shut up. That's funny. Save it for, for the, the book. book. You know, you know what I was told? I was told by a good friend of mine, because I'm used to my friends giving me copies of their books, yes. right? These, don't do no, that. Don't. Right. Make sure your friends and family buy as many books as possible I didn't to ensure you yourself a bestseller. I didn't give you a book. You I never gave, I didn't. I, give, that's I, right. You did. I didn't give you a book. I didn't, my, I didn't give my mother a book. If you're listening, Mom, sorry. I didn't give anybody a book. My husband had to buy a book. He I had to buy Barry, a book. Yeah, I didn't give Barry Madeleine a book. Buy and, the book. And, and it's all because you want to get the you numbers get up. The sales up. And it's the best thing to do. And I never understood this until I became an author myself. <laughs> the best thing to do is don't buy me a drink. You'll buy me a drink. Some real fun. You want to hang out with me. Sure. A drink's 20 bucks. Buy my book. That's if you buy my book, I will hang out with you. How, like, many, how, how many drinks do you think I'd have to buy you 
at any yeah. bar in Chelsea yeah, yeah, yeah. for you to have sex with me. Um, I like you. Yeah. Like, I like so sort I'm, of that. I may be without any drinks. No, no, no. No, I, no, I mean, no. I definitely need a little bit of a warm-up. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, I hear you have a nice new house. and I, I like yes, myself. I, I like myself a wealthy guy. Yeah, so, you're going to come uh, by? Uh, an invite out to the Hamptons with you? Maybe, maybe one vodka. I'll tell whatever. you what. If you come to my house, yes. I will give you a free book. Oh. But you have to take Barry Manilow with you. At your house. He could sing for you. Look oh, at that. No. I, I don't even know. That, I, I would, I that day I'd have to die. Do you know who has the most books in their house of anybody I've ever oh, met? Let me take a guess. The most books of anybody I've in their ever house. ever met in their house. Give me one hint. One it's hint. a real housewife. Surprised you. No chance. No, absolutely. A real housewife? A real housewife. Reading books? Let me say, before we get too far in this conversation, it's her own book. She bought oh, Margaret Joseph. She bought, no, Jill Zarin. Jill, oh, Jill. Zarin yes. has a garage yes. full of her books. Yes. I like Jill. I Jill, like Jill, Jill. Yeah, she's a nice The girl. rarest book in the world is an yeah. unsigned Jill Zarin book. Because if you sign it, they can't return it. So go into the bookstores, sign your books, it, and then it's defaced. You can't return a signed book. He's so I went into every bookstore, running around Barnes & Nobles <laughs> with a marker, signing Rob Shooter. And they're like, get out, get out, get out, because they can't return the book. Oh, that's brilliant. Go in and sign your book. I'm going to do it. It's not rare. When you get a signed book, you're like, oh, I've got a signed book. Like, no, Bethany signed that, so they couldn't ship it back when but, no one bought it. That is brilliant. Now, sign talking about Jill Zarin and the Real Housewives, the genius behind all that Mm-mm-mm. is my friend and yours, Andy Cohen. Yeah, I'm not so friendly with him. We're a bit competitive. Oh, I think he's a dick. Uh, he's been on the show two or three times. <laughs> he's he nice every time. No, he's not nice no. to me. He's come on the show a couple of times, but he's, it's, it's, he's like he's doing me a favor, which he's not. But long story short, he's about to have his second child. Is that right? Yeah, he's, he looks like Andy's going to have another baby. So he has a little boy. His best friend, Anderson Cooper, just got his second baby. So are they still like friends? Because he they got are fired. Still, yeah, they, they, they're friendly, but they're competitive too. And they're mm-hmm. really competitive. Why are gay guys so competitive? I don't I don't know. Just, calm down. Every God. guest that wanted to be in this seat, I pushed them out. I'm competitive. <laughs> uh, who's sitting in this seat? I'm looking at you next. You might be out of a job. No, I know. <laughs> Poor Bernie. Bernie, get back. Oh, so you might be having another baby. Nice news here. I mean, he created that brand. That is like, he's made a ton of money from yeah. it. Yeah. And he, he can be annoying, Andy can, but the genius of that brand, we still watch it. We still talk oh, about those no ladies. Question. There's uh, no question. Maybe we'll get back this. My publisher is your publisher. I'm having dinner with him on Thursday. Anthony Zaccardi? Anthony Zaccardi. No kidding. Swear, Thursday, go to Scotto's. Come and join us. I will. Thursday I will night, Scotto's. That is uh, Post Hill Press. Post Simon Hill Press. Schuster Zaccardi's a great guy. He's a good Gr- man. And Ian Klein. Good Did you ever meet him? I've only ever... I met him, yes. I'll, Yes. Um, Very handsome man. Oh, well, then I will meet him. Yeah. Our relationship. I've sold him thousands and thousands of books. If I say myself, Anthony, I've made you a ton of money. It's like, I feel like one of Charlie's angels. I only talk to him via text or so. He might not even exist. No, he does exist. He does exist. And you're okay. going to love him. Before we get to the blind item, which has become hugely popular, I got a guy here named Justin Ellick. How old are you now, Justin? 26. 26. 26. So, it's because he's so hairy, he looks older. He do- you're, you're wrong yeah. about that. Yes. Yeah, I, thought, I would say 32. Well, if I shave my face, I... He looks much younger. I tend to look younger, but I also tend to look like um, the opposite (laughs) sex. You do look a little girlish. (laughs) But but he just realized that The Sopranos was a show that was popular (sighs) a long time ago. So there's a whole generation of kids, Bernie's son, for example, (laughs) him, they all just found The Sopranos. Get out of Whoa, here. what a great show. Get out of here. I didn't just find it. I didn't just find it. Get out of here. Do you know what's a really good show? The Ten Commandments. Get yourself a Bible. But that's a good book. That's a good book, Sid. Yeah, that is a good book. You're going to sell that book. But that Sopranos reboot is doing great. So what's happening is HBO rebooted Sex and the City. It became a a huge hit. And so they're looking through their back catalogue now to bring shows back. It's amazing because The Sopranos, it's tricky. 
because James Gandolfini has passed away. So you right. can't have James do it. But I'm told they've come up with a concept where it's going to be the next generation, Tony's kids. Right. What is going to happen to them? They just did a Super Bowl commercial. Right, People that. went nuts about this commercial at the Super Bowl. This Super Bowl commercial could have got Jamie Lynn a new career back on HBO. I'd love to see it back. Tricky reboots, though, because sometimes they mess up the original. Yeah. Yeah. But that shows a great I actually show. went to uh, view a live WWHL talking about Andy Cohen two years yes. ago. Yeah. Dolores from the New Jersey Housewives uh-huh. was on the show. And she did it with Jamie Lynn Sigler. Jamie Lynn Sigler. She was in the green room that oh, night. I love her. She's a cool oh, she's to see around New York all the time. That's that super. You know what, though? She did the Super Bowl commercial for a car. An yes. electric car. Yes. I asked her, where's your car? They didn't give her one. They didn't even give she's her one. She's driving like a Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, she's like advertising. Oh I'm going to do your commercial. That's terrible. Give me the product. But you still see her. You don't see Robert Eiler, the kid that no, played AJ. You barely see He was him. in the commercial. He oh, I know commercial. he's in that commercial, but Jamie Lynn still does some things yeah, around town. you see her at restaurants, and she right. likes New York, and she right. goes out. I think he's just counting the money, Robert. I think like, he is. Yeah. Well, she, yes. did, she did Entourage for a yes, couple she seasons. Did, but that was 100 years ago. Yeah, Kennedy got assassinated. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. Uh, uh, the blind item thing, this is a oh. people who love this. Now, last week, oh. I, what, did anybody get it? No, no, I, you told me what it was yeah. last week. That's right. I can tell you today because I'm not going to get sued today. So, okay. basically, okay. a blind item is where I give you every single detail, every detail so about exciting. a story. But I take out the celebrity's <laughs> name so you can guess who it is. Okay. It's sort of fun to do, but I actually did this. Do you do this on so, TV, Rosanna, too? Uh, um, no, 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 Rosanna. This is just for me. This is just you, Sid. Oh, God. Ready for you. Okay. So, this is a good one. Which celebrity chef, chef, really big celebrity chef, yeah. doesn't wear underwear, goes commando, it is a gentleman. Every day, no matter what. Every day, doesn't wear any underwear, which I don't think is that hygienic, do you, when they're in the kitchen? But maybe they're not cooking with that part. So you know, it's a- funny, I, I just started, I'm going to be 55 years old in April, and I wear boxer shorts, but I wear the, the roomier boxer yeah. shorts. I don't like tight jockeys. Because of what? Do you, are you a well-blessed gentleman? Uh, no, I'm, I'm actually, my penis is kind of small, but I still, you know, beautiful and lovely. But on a serious note, I, um, I just started sleeping naked like the last two years. And- and it's 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 very liberating. It's very liberating. Yeah. Which celebrity uh, chef on the Food Network? It's a gentleman. I know the answer. I got it already. Go who? Because who else would scream bang <laughs> zoom at a giant game other than a guy like that? It's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Emerald. Emerald. Got to be Emerald. Oh. What, what do you want to guess? Want to have a guess? Want to have a guess? Want to take a guess, Justin? Come on, Justin. Who's the celebrity chef? It's not Rachel Ray. It's a gentleman. Guy Fieri. <gasps> very close. He's not a chef. He's a chef. He's a chef. You want to guess, Lou? I was going to say Gordon. Oh, oh Gordon Luke Lebrano? I'm thinking it's Bobby Flay. But Bobby Flay. Well, I couldn't tell you exactly. You know, I watched a show on the Food that, Network where they, but, actually, they, they actually compete against Bobby Flay, some of these amateur. He's the answer. I think, I think, I think he nailed it, Bobby who do you Flay. Think? It's somebody who thinks you can't beat him. Too bad it's not that. Well, this is a joy, and it's great. We'll watch you at 9 o'clock on television. I notice here that you're looking at the wrong channel. I'm not going to tell Rosanna that. No, 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 no. no, no, It's on out there. We got you. We got you. We got you. And, of course, there's uh, you and I looking so handsome as always. Thank you. I love you, Rob. Thank you. You're the best. Thank you so much. You're the best. Everybody, that is the naughty gossip columnist, the great Rob Shooter, right here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Here comes the 8 o'clock hour next. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice.
Psychedelic Birds, Pretty in Pink, 805, hour number three of the Burning and Sit in the Morning Show. It's been a terrific show already. Frank Morano, Ron Insana, Jennifer Harrison, Rob Shooter, all stopping by. Still to come, Mark Belusis, Anthony Weiner, and more. But um, I did say that, yes. That'll be at 905. Malusis coming up at 840. And Lydia reports. Now, Lydia uh, was with me yesterday at the Harvard Club for this uh, PAL luncheon. And I, I always give credit to uh, John and Margot Katsimatidis, uh, and I do that because I want to. They don't pay me any more money to do it. They don't like me any more if I do it. They don't like me less if I do it less. I do it because that's how I feel. Understand one thing, folks, and most of you seem to get this. Some of you still don't. You can't pressure me to do or I don't care. If you go on Facebook and say that you hate me or I suck or Bernie's not here, I don't listen, all that stupidity. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. You, you, know, you can't pressure me to feel a certain way. So if you go on Twitter or Facebook and say, well, all Sid does is suck up to, it doesn't matter to me. You don't get to where I've gotten in my career with all of the trials and tribulations, which, by the way, I've caused. You've never heard me once blame somebody else. I didn't blame that extra line of cocaine. I didn't blame my bosses. I didn't blame my parents. I didn't blame a rough day. I didn't blame Danielle yelling at me. Everything I've done wrong in my life, I've done. I've done it all. But, but, you don't get to where I am today, which is pretty much at the very top of the food chain, without a certain amount of resilience, confidence, and bluster. So, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me, you know? So you can say what you want and go, you know, do what you got to do. Have fun. Have a great time. You're freaking movie stars, almost. Not even close. Okay. You're closer than most of us Well, I mean, I'm closer than almost everybody in the world today. That's true. And I am in three movies, shooting one in Los Angeles in two weeks. But, I mean, I'm not a a radio guy. This is what I do. This is what I love. The other stuff, look, Lou, if something happens, if it gets bigger, if I get more opportunities, bigger roles, more money, it'll be great. Yeah, and you'll be gone. Well, the the, the fact remains, though, that these people are below you. No, no one's below me. No, no, well, no, but, no. But they might be. Well, Ch- they, they, yes, they probably are. That's, but that's such a <laughs> douchey way to say it. I don't. It, it's fine. They're not below me. I'm not a better. I'm not any better person than they are. You know, we've talked about this before. You just to wake up in the morning and to be upset and angry because Sid Rosenberg is where he is today, and you're living this mediocre, basically loser life. I'm sorry. What do you want me to tell you, well, Justin? You're his boss, and he doesn't listen to you. Exactly. I never listen to. But him. it's a prime example of of people um, in terms of your success. When people attack you, they're just only exposing their own insecurity. Oh, you, you you could not have said that any better. You're 100% right. So yesterday, for example, I just mentioned Lydia. So join us next. I go to this luncheon, and uh, it was a wonderful day. John Katsimatidis, George, Emily, uh, Chad was there. We had a bunch of other station talent, including the Reverend the Rabbi, Rita, Todd Shapiro, his lovely wife, Liz, Rick Friedberg, who I like very, very much, his lovely wife, Francine Leprak, Mitchell Modell, Angelo Bivolo, Mark Simone, David Patterson, Arthur Idalo. It, it, it was a who's who of New York City, and it was fun. 
And the governor spoke, Kathy Hochul. Now, at one point yesterday, somebody took a picture of me and Hochul. And they put it up on the WABC Instagram page, which Stephanie Bongiorno was kind enough to take down. But not because I cared about the comments, which was stupid and visceral and, and way over the top, but because I just don't like Hochul. I don't dislike her personally. I don't care uh, about her. I mean, she's a mom. She's, uh, you know, she's probably a decent person. But her politics are destroying this state and, and this country. So... I sat there yesterday, and they put the picture up, and I'm reading these comments. Sid's a liar. He's a traitor. He's a Mr. Hollywood. He's Jay-Z. Thank God for Bernie. I mean, and um, I'm sitting there listening to her speech next to Lydia. And if you remember during the State of the Union, Lauren Boebert actually out of nowhere screamed, 13! And, of course, she is the gun-toting Senator out of uh, Colorado, who me and the uh, congressperson, who me and uh, Bernie both love very, very much. And she was talking about the 13 brave soldiers that died in Afghanistan because Biden's a moron. So I almost screamed out about five times yesterday during her speech, Hoko, as she was making all these excuses as to why crime in this city and state is what it is. And there were a lot of excuses well, two years ago before COVID, nobody would put crime in the top five. That's not true. Well, you know, the guns, the guns, the guns, the guns. So I'm shaking my head. I am really trying my very best not to embarrass her and myself and the station. Because the truth is, John has a relationship with her. I don't want to ruin that. I'm his guy. So I got to sit there and shut up. And I was boiling. My head was about to blow off my body. And Lydia saw it. And the Rev saw it. And the rabbi saw it. And everybody saw it. Everybody kept turning around. Rita Cosby was like, oh, my God, Sid's going to blow. But, but I was adult. And I said hello. Somebody took a picture. I listened, and I left. I won't go back. Not for her. She's not my choice. She's not my fifth choice. Not my tenth choice. Not my twentieth choice. Those guns that she's going to stop from coming in, if I hear that one more time, I mean, how many times have we heard these idiotic Democrat politicians talk about the amount of guns that come across? Kathy, baby, sweetheart, gorgeous. You can't stop it. Here's what you can stop. You can stop the animal that fires that gun and kills somebody or takes that gun to rob somebody from committing, Kathy Hochul, their 44th violation or their 27th or their 19th. That's what you can stop. You can't stop the guns, you idiot. There's millions and millions and millions and millions of illegal guns in this country. And the cities with the toughest gun laws, Chicago, New York City, we've got the worst crime. You can't stop the guns. You can stop the people. And giving them get-out-of-jail-free cards because, oh, I don't know, you're a better person than me. That's not the answer. That's not the answer. So that was my day yesterday. But I got a kick out of it sitting on the one train while a homeless person sat next to me half naked. Uh, a, a person, uh, uh, according to uh, Miss Hochul, she's now taking the train twice. Well, how about that? I took the train four times just yesterday. She's now taking the train twice, and she's surrounded by guys with bigger guns than Bo Deedle's got. Nobody takes a train more than you. Nobody. Nobody. And I'm supposed to be impressed she took the train twice, threw me and take it a day. Everything's fine. Shut up. She's like an amateur train taker. Amateur train. Thank you for that. And you're like a, you're like a Hall of Fame train taker. Damn right. Julia Serving of train takers. And the I'm first reading, ballot. And I'm, thank you, Luke. And I'm reading all these comments from you idiots out there, and it's just, 
I don't know how you do it every day. I, I got to give you credit. Because as difficult as it is for Sid and Bernie and Lou and Justin and Luke and all these people to put on a great show every day, and that's not easy. It's not a one-hour. It's a four-hour show, and it's great every day. It's got to be equally as difficult to be stupid every day. I mean, the level of stupidity which you guys show on a daily basis. No one cares more about this city than I'm leaving. So maybe Corey Zander could be like, well, you don't care as much as me because I'm staying. Well, that's fine. Uh, No one cares more about this city. I only live in the city in Brooklyn. I haven't lived on Long Island, uh, on, on New Jersey for years. I'm aware of what's going on. I've walked these streets for the better part of six years. My kids spent their formative years. Ava is 17. Gabe is 13. Walking the streets of this city. Don't tell me about how I feel about Kathy Hochul or local government or crime and I'm a traitor and a backstabber. Don't tell me. While you sit in your your house somewhere and just tweet all day and Instagram all day. and I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I don't care. So I think in the end it was a good experience. And I did meet the governor. Fine. Met her. Uh, I was cordial. Took a picture and left. And that's it. That's it. We have no date to go to a Buffalo Bills game together. We're not going to a New York Met game together. She's dropping the puck at the Rangers game next week. I won't be there. (laughs) Okay? So there's your story with uh, my day yesterday and Kathy Hochul. I can only hope to God that whether it's Lee Zeldin, and don't give me Harry Wilson. Enough with that guy. That guy gave money to the Alvin Bragg campaign. Enough with Harry Wilson. I can only hope to God that Lee Zeldin, Andrew Giuliani, or Rob Astorino, any one of those three brilliant gentlemen, end up in Albany, and we got to get people like Hochul out of there. And, again, I mean, no disrespect to John or anybody else, because really on the surface, when I met her yesterday, she seems like a nice lady. I don't know her. I know her politics. I can't stand them. But, you know, you got Andrew Cuomo, this guy who had to resign in the most humiliating fashion, this lowlife. Do you realize that right now there was a poll taken yesterday? Andrew Cuomo is only four points behind Kathy Hochul. Not only, and Andrew Cuomo, of course, made this speech in a church last Sunday. I actually sat with the guy at my table next to Todd Shapiro, who owns a church yesterday at the POL, where Cuomo spoke. He's only four points behind Kathy Hochul. Not only did he make that speech last week, yelling about cancel culture, how he's been wronged, to let you know how he feels, but he's making his way towards a run. He's only four points Behind Kathy Hochul. Four. This is unbelievable, folks. What is going on? What what am I missing here, Justin? You're not missing anything. Uh, I think we're very literally going backwards. Either that or people just have a very short, like everybody in the city has short-term memory loss. Everybody in New York State. They don't live in the city. That's the problem. And the folks that do, the folks that are members of the three-part Democrats, these old idiotic Jewish people who stand on 96th Street and Broadway every Friday afternoon holding up signs, stop killing black people, and have to remind them every Friday that black people kill black people. They're, 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 They're crazy. You're right. You're right. Alyssa, you can't put this guy, you can't put this guy back at all. I mean, going backwards. Come on. What are we doing here? Just well, give that's us some new blood. That's why I'm leaving. That's it. I've had oh. enough. See you later. Yeah, that's it. As long as you get here on time, I don't care. What? As don't long you as you have a nice, a nice quality of life, my kids and Danielle. And well, you don't yeah, care. sure. But, but you don't care. But if you don't show up for work, then. Well, I'm not showing up next week. Well, the but, week after. But, yeah, well, we say. know that. Right. 
Well, I gave him an opportunity. I, I, I said, if you find a radio station in Los Angeles, I'm going to go to you, work you, at 2 o'clock in the morning. It. You keep saying it. I can That's say the fifth it too. time I've said it. I'm I not going to say, say it too. again. That's I it. mean, let's get to the uh, studio out in Los Angeles. I mean, right, if anybody right, right, right. deserves a week off, it's me anyway, to be co- completely honest. Right. It's been a difficult run here. Bernie, God bless him, is finding the courageous fight of his life. No one knows Bernie more than me, but this has been a very difficult couple of months. Thank God you guys are all great. I mean, not good, great. Well, we're very proud of you. I'm going to kick your ass if you say that one more time. <laughs> one more time. You know, um, somebody texted me last night and said they're proud of me. I can't tell you who it is yet, but this is off of the this little shtick that Gabby and Eric and Luke and Justin all did yesterday. And when I tell you the name, you're going to crack up. But it, it's now becoming a, uh, it's almost a trend, if you will. Sid, I'm proud of you. Go ahead. Is Claudia playing the uh, the Beat Sid Yo. game today? Yeah. Is that why yes. she's, she's all dressed up, the intern? <laughs> yes, for you. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's camera ready. Well, she's going to be on television. It's a big deal. So. Yeah, you should be proud of her. Uh, I am proud of you, Claudia, just so you know. 825 is Lydia Reports. She's coming up next. Then we'll talk to former WFAN big name Mark Malusis. He now does sports locally on Channel 11, WPIX. We'll talk baseball, Maggie Gray, woke liberalism in sports, all that good stuff. And then Anthony Weiner will hop on with me, something that I vowed I would not do. I would not do, but I'm going to do it. And it's it's not going to be Curtis and, and Anthony, I can promise you that. So um, you may hate him. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm fine with that, actually. Um, I'm not sure I like him. I don't, actually. <laughs> but I'm still going to talk to him, give him the opportunity to speak on this radio program. And if you like good radio, this could be one of the great interviews in the history of this station, or it could be the worst. Could be the worst. But I am willing to take that chance. So keep it right here, Friday morning, Bernie and Sid. It just keeps getting better. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrano. I am too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave. Sid, I, I asked Lou to play this song because uh, do you remember what happened yesterday as we were walking into the Hoka luncheon? Oh, my the- God. You know, it's funny. I've mentioned you a bunch of times this morning. First of all, I enjoyed sitting next to you yesterday. You were very, very funny. And you got a chance to see me get really heated up when Hoka was speaking. Yes. But I did not mention what you're about <laughs> to mention now, which was a very odd moment. Very odd. It was very odd. So we're walking into the place and a random guy right behind you goes, hey, guy, he, he's like, a buddy. And I thought he was like a fan at first. And then he's like, oh, your collar's sticking out of your shirt. And then you were like, uh, you know, the collar sticking up above your uh, your blazer. And then you were like, oh, really? Oh, so does it look bad? He's like, yeah. He's well, oh, oh do you want to fix it? Uh, and then you were trying to fix it. He's like, let's go to the bathroom together. <laughs> he did do that. And, and he was and, like, let's go to the bathroom. And, and I, that's, and that, I that's exactly like, how he said it. I'm thinking to myself, yes. oh, it's so nice. This guy wants to help me. But who says let's go to the bathroom together? He's like, come no, 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 let's go to the bathroom together. <laughs> I, I, I just like, and then I jumped in. I was like, and it was a simple fix. It was just like your collar was a little bit high, like in the back. And yeah. then I just went and like fixed it. And then the guy was like, because if you don't look good, we don't look good. And that it was, was so did you hear that, Lou? The guy actually said, if you don't look good, we don't look good. Now, now, let me just say this. It'd be one thing if you and I were walking in the street, if we were on 7th Avenue. We were inside the Harvard Club. We were literally five feet away from entering this room with all these dignitaries, including the governor, this guy was an invited guest. It was weird. Uh, it, it was weird that he was asking another man to go into the bathroom. Right, right. 
Uh, even like, weirder, by the way, even weirder, Lydia, was the fact that I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, yeah, let's All right, do let's this. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Have yeah. you ever said no? <laughs> I never said no. You've never said no. And by the way, thinking back to yesterday, given the opportunity to be in the bathroom with this weirdo, rather, <laughs> that, rather than listen to Kathy Hochul, I would have taken the, uh, the, the bathroom with the weirdo. <laughs> then she started talking about the guns coming across the border and even the, I, you know, there was a couple, there was black people in there. There was a lot of Democrats in there. This is, you know, the Harvard club. There's a lot of, there was a lot of Democrats in there and no, everybody was kind of just like looking at each other. Like, what is she talking about? Yeah. What is she talking about? Guns over the border? Uh, it, she just like, it was sad. It well, was you know sad. Funny? I'm the, not the, surprised the, that uh, Cuomo's, Cuomo's almost beating. He's, he's, only, he's four only four points, points behind. behind. Right. So then yeah. it was you, then me, then Todd Shapiro. Then sitting next to Todd Shapiro was an African-American guy, great-looking guy, and he actually owns yeah, the church. Yeah, you can tell he gets a lot of girls. You can tell. He actually owns yeah, yeah, yeah. a church where Cuomo spoke last Sunday, and he works. He works for the Eric Adams campaign, and everybody knows I'm not a big Eric Adams fan. And every time she said something, and I got hot under the collar, he kind of gave me an affirmative look like, yes, I'm kind of with I you, right? I was reading the body language because me and you were like, and then remember we joked around, we are like, we should do a rebuttal? Remember, yes. we were well, like, this that was is actually, such nonsense. That, that was Rabbi Potashnik's idea. It's a good yes, idea. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. we were like, let's go up and do a rebuttal. But I was, we, we, you have to be respectful when you go to these things. But like, were we standing up and clapping? Absolutely not. Were we clapping? And frankly, a lot of people weren't clapping. And no. then when she was like, who feels safe riding the subway? And then one person raised their hand and she's one. like, well, I've read it. Like you said, she's like, I've read it twice. And then you <laughs> kind of said it pretty loud. You were like, yeah, with armed guards all around you. Give me a break, lady. Oh, I did and have a, I, I, I did have a Lauren Bobert moment. I did yell that out in the other room. You're right. Yes, I forgot about did. that. Yes. Yes, yes uh, you did. Yes, you did. Also, Hochul didn't mention this this story. Now, it's not only the bail reform that is the major issue here in New York City. It's also the judges. So a career criminal, he was indicted back in February on a murder charge for allegedly beating to death a 67-year-old man. And get this, he was freed without bail. He's indicted by a grand jury. On attempted murder, he beat a guy. He suffered brain bleed, robbed him on, in uh, Harlem, and a judge let him out. A judge, Come Judge on. April Neubauer. This is a career criminal. His charges date back since 1983. Now, to the credit for the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, they asked for him to be remanded without bail. But this judge said, no, no, no. He should be let out, and they gave him electric monitoring. The guy's been charged with attempted murder, and he was already out on a on a parole violation for robbery. I mean, this guy is a maniac, and she let him out. Judge April Neubauer. So we need to also call out these judges, not only the legislators, not only Hochul, but the judges as well, because they are helping fester this could, could not agree more. And every time there's a big case, and the New York Post actually lists the names of the judges, and this goes to Bernie's point. Again, I give Bernie a lot of credit, even when he's not here, because he's always talking about naming and shaming. And I think he's exactly right. Uh, we go out of our way, if we don't see the name of the judge, to find it out. So what you did just now, believe it or not, Lydia, that was actually big-time community service. Correct. Eugene Clark. And he pummeled to death Ramon Luca. And once again, we're seeing they keep talking about the black and brown criminals. They have to make a decision. All these leaders, do they care more about the black and brown criminals or the black and brown victims? Because they make up the majority of victims. Over 90 percent of the people that are being victimized are people of color, are people from the inner city, lower income communities. But they don't care. They just I don't understand what is going on. And our kids are also being brainwashed. And not only here in New York City, 
not only in Chicago, Jesse Smollett, he's such a psychopath, by the way. Can you believe what he was doing? I just can't even. So in Broward County, Florida, these these group of white kids got jumped by a group of black kids because they said, this is our reparations. This is and these are middle schoolers. These are 12 year olds. And take a listen to hear this news report. The student victims told police they were approached by a group of kids yelling, you are white. They were then tackled and beaten up as the group of attacking kids yelled, it's opposite day and brown power. The victim students claim they were beaten with sticks and cable cords as well as hit and kick. I mean, this is what's happening. So you've got like white, the group of white kids being jumped for being white. Yep. And nobody's talking about it. I mean, that's that's a hate crime. Of course. The Asian. I mean, yeah, but you don't want to see you don't get it, Lydia. We deserve it. We have been the. The evil doers. We have treated but everybody am I really poorly. White? Am I really white? Well, you're not. You're actually to... Albanian. So what are you? Yeah, I'm Alba- I'm Albanian, uh, but like I I grew up. I didn't even English wasn't even my first language. Like, can't we? Can, I'm so sick and tired of everybody talking about like the color of their skin, this and that. It's more about like where you grew up that you kind of feel a kinship with someone. Like, I might be Albanian, but even say like an Albanian that grew up in Beverly Hills, I'm not gonna have anything in common with that person. Right. But a Puerto Rican person that grew up in the Bronx, probably me, uh, her and I will, her he and I will have a lot more in common. I feel like it depends more where you grew up what schools you went to and stuff like that like Agreed. i'm so sick and tired of this color stuff uh it is it is annoying the color the gender the creed all that stuff i've had enough too i do, i just don't care just give me somebody who's a good person who can achieve based on merit i just don't care but it's getting worse because as you know one of the one of the things that democrats do in a very heavy-handed way is in fact do what you're talking about right now and it's uh, it's really gross. And, and but it's also not fair to those people. You know, like the Rooney Rule, for example, in the National Football League is embarrassing for African-Americans. I know Brian Flores made a big deal about it, but I think most rational, sane African-American people are embarrassed by it rather than actually relish the opportunity. So it's just not fair to anybody. And you're right. It needs to stop. And you know what else needs to stop you getting hit on by random guys? And thank God I was there because you were you were. I looked at you. You were like, "Yeah, let's do it, guys." Let's I didn't know what to let's do. Go to the bathroom. I, I, I didn't know what to say. You I were like, go. "Oh yeah." And he, that was fun. He was yesterday. like a short, burly guy. He's like, "Let's do it. Let's I go know, to the bathroom." That was fun I, though. I enjoyed uh, sitting I, I, with I you. Just, that was weird. Like. And, I don't know. Let's. You can ask the callers. Like I don't know. I, I that was. I've never seen that before. No, me. You know, either. I've been yeah. around where a guy's hit on my husband, and I saw him looking at his crotch area. Oh my and god! And he said to my husband, what? "You wear those jeans. I like those jeans on you." Yeah. And I looked at my husband like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. But I mean, as far as he knew, like, why did I, it was weird? But yeah, thank God I was there. I was there, and I was like, don't worry. And it took, it was like a 10-second fix. Yeah, that's all color. it was. That's all it was. Hey, thank you but for you uh, sitting with me bathroom. yesterday, and thank you for uh, for the good time, and thank you for coming on yeah, today. As always, fun. great job. Thank you. Oh, we had we had a, a good time. And again, Cats at Night, 5 o'clock, John Katzmatidis. You don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about the nonsense that the Biden administration is trying to push forward. Putin's price hike. They're saying, oh, everything that's gone up is a result of Putin r- invading Ukraine. Nonsense. Meanwhile, we saw prices go up right. over 5% since last May. And all Biden needs to do, this is according to several analysts, in order to bring the price of gas down, 
he could do it immediately is make a speech and send out a message that we want to be energy independent and put America first. He refuses to do it. Cats at night, five o'clock. Hear all about this and a lot more. Five o'clock tonight. You don't want to miss it. Lydia, great job all week long. Have yourself a great weekend. Thank you again for yesterday. That was fun. I have to say I am genuinely thrilled to be able to say that Major League Baseball's back and we're going to play 162 games. Um, I do want to start by apologizing to our fans. I know that the last few months have been difficult. There was a lot of uncertainty um, at a point in time when there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. Um, Sort of the way the process of collective bargaining works sometimes, but I, I, I do apologize for it. Looking forward, I could not be more excited about the future of our game. Uh, I, I, I think we have an tr- opportunity in front of us. I think it's an opportunity that we need to work with the players to fully seize. Um, but I think that some of the things in the agreement are really, really important in that regard. I, I love our game. Having said that, um, since I've been commissioner, I've talked about the need uh, to make changes in some of our rules to enhance the entertainment value of our product for the benefit of our fans. Uh, and I think the new agreement opens an opportunity that we can work with the players to make sure that we make good rule changes that works for our fans, works for our players. That is the commissioner for Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred. The deal is done. This has been such a um, such a diverse show. You know, we had Ron Insano with Frank Morano on in the 6 o'clock hour talking about the world economy and inflation and interest rates and the Federal Reserve. And then we go to Jennifer Harrison talking about criminal bail reform at 720. Rob Shooter is on at 740 talking about Rosanna Scotto, Britney Spears, and all your entertainment news. And um, Lydia Reports at 825 just talked about the governor, Kathy Hochul, the lunch we had with the governor yesterday. So we've really done it all today. But this guest I'm really looking forward to. This is a, a kid. He's not part of the Sid Rosenberg tree. He's really more part of the Mike and the Mad Dog tree. But I can tell you, and uh, Luke could attest to this, that many, 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 many times Mark Malusis uh, came to me over the years. Even his lovely wife, Donna, had private conversations with me. In fact, at one point, I think he was considering moving to, like, Kansas City or something, and they called me about it, about uh, just recommendations and suggestions and my my advice. And he's going to have to have a really good career. I got railroaded. At FAN, because his uh, partner was uh, too woke and too liberal for even uh, the biggest of them, even Anthony Weiner. Uh, but he's a great radio talk show host, WFAN, many, many years, CBS. And now he just signed a three year deal in the long line of traditional greats, Scott Stanford, who I love dearly, Andy Adler, and a host of others. He's now the sports guy on Channel 11, WPIX. It's my buddy, Mark Malusis. Moose, welcome to the Bernie and Sid Show. How are you? Sid, what's going on? I, I thought that, that conversation we had when I was up in Lake George about maybe taking a job in Miami, I thought that was private. Nothing's <laughs> private. Uh, you know, you know, it's funny you say that, Moose. It's funny you say that. That's about the hundredth time somebody said to me, Hey, Sid, that was between us. I'm a radio guy, Moose. I'm a radio guy. <laughs> I know. I love you, Sid. I love you, Sid. I love no, you, too. I'm happy to be out with you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. More importantly, how are you? Now, last people heard you were doing the midday show. It's now Tiki and uh, Brandon at WF. Man, 
And uh, you're working with Maggie. I like Maggie. I've worked with her, too. In fact, there was a couple times you went on vacation on a Saturday morning on CBS, and I hosted with her. But she's too liberal for me. She's too woke for me. I couldn't stand it when she was giving Yankee manager credit for giving Aaron Hicks a rest, a rest a day off that a thug murdered a cop, or the cop murdered him in minutes, whatever it was. Uh, much too much for me. But you guys had a nice run, and then it was just over all of a sudden. And i got to tell you, Mark, I told fans you were coming on today. They wanted to know what happened. I know you can't get too specific, but what happened? Why is it over now? Um, why is it over? I mean, I think – you know, management made a decision that they wanted to go in another direction with another show. Um, and uh, I was not aware that anything was going down. Um, and Well, let me stop you right you know, there. I, you said management yeah. wanted to change directions, put on a different show. And you said the next quote was, I was not aware of what was going on. So this was something that was weeks and or months in the works and you had no idea? Yeah, I mean, I listened to it. I don't know how long it was, but clearly it was it was a, a period of time because, um, you know, they, they had another show set up and, and that's fine. And we've seen it happen in, in radio time and time again, where, you know, you have uh, radio stations make a decision that they want to go in another direction. So it's not like it's, it's never happened before. And I'm the only one that it's ever happened to. I don't want to come across that way. It was just a case of, uh, yeah, I, I had no idea anything was going on. And in fact, you know, my agents at the time thought they were, uh, going to chat about a contract extension that day, wow. um, and all of a sudden I was I was you know told that basically that you know this was my last show and um, and everything. So well, who does that? Who does all... that? Is is that uh, the new kid Skip Carey? Is it Chris Olivero, my dear friend? Who tells you that day that that's it? No, I met with Chris and Spike that day. Okay, um, you know, and and that's uh, right after the show. Um, that's that's the way it all went down. And and listen, I. I I've unfortunately been in the situation where I've, you know, where I've seen it happen to other people at WFAN and it's never a good spot. And, you know, you build up relationships and, and friendships with people and you never want to see people put in a, a precarious spot. You never want to see people kind of stunned. And, mm-hmm. and that's what happens in this business. And, and Sid, you've seen it before. Lou's seen it before. A lot of people have seen it before. So there's a lot of positives with this industry and in this business of, you know, we build up a lot of friendships and relationships over the course of the years. And, you know, the thing for me is, you know, and, and listen, it, you know, it, every, all the decisions were made uh, above my head. Like I, I had no idea, you know, how much I, I love WFAN. Um, you know, it's been a, I, you know, well, well, let me tell I, you how much you love WFAN two years ago. Even three years ago, when Trump and Hillary were involved in this unbelievable race, while Boomer Esiason and Craig Carton or Boomer and Geo were doing mornings, I'd get texted by you every day. That's how much you love FAN. You're listening to me and Bernie instead. <laughs> That's uh, true. That's true. Unbel- well, that is true. You were, it's an unbelievable race. I mean, it really was. It was crazy. You and I, were, you know, and you and I have been friends. Uh, you know, I've known Lou for a long time. I've known Lou for 25 years. I've known you, Sid. Since you started working with Imus all those years ago, yep. and we, yep. you know, we were out, we had dinners together, yep. Yep. celebrated your book, all this stuff, met your wife and family and everyone, and and so I've been friends with you for a long time, and of course, I, you know, I'm I'm going to support my friends and and those that have been there for me over the course of the years. I think that comes along with it. So, yeah, I mean, th- that race was unbelievable. It was I mean, crazy. I, it was yeah. But but it was a crazy part of our country. You and Bernie did an unbelievable job covering the race. 
uh, at you. the time, and and those uh, you know, and those debates and and everything with Rubio. It's all, I mean, it was just insane what you were <laughs> was, watching on the night in night out. It was. We you we would say this was the presidential race. I know we would say forget about the the Lakers and the Celtics or the Yankees and the Red Sox. This is real blood war right here, Hillary and Donald Trump. And but listen, I know you love WFAN and they love you. Everybody there still loves you. You're one of the guys in the business. I don't know anybody, and I mean this. A lot of people don't like me, and, you know, I come off as brash, arrogant, bravado. I don't know anybody that doesn't like Mark Malusa. So clearly your your return to a prominent spot in radio is is there if you want it. But right now you may not want it because last I checked, Moose, you've got a brand-new three-year deal, Channel 11, WPIX. You're on television every night. This is a great opportunity for you. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It really is. And it's kind of developing and, and came out of nowhere, Sid. I, I you know, honestly, I, I was not like pursuing the job and got a call from Todd Ehrlich, uh, who's the executive uh, producer in the sports department, knew him from CBS local here in New York because I had done some digital work for him a number of years ago, um, said we have an opening here. And he left in, in November, or December. Uh, we have an opportunity here for a sports anchor and, would love to to give you. Would love to throw your hat in the ring. So, um, you know, chatted with. Uh, I had to send over my resume. I had to send over uh, a tape. Uh, met with the news director Nicole. Met with the station uh, manager in in Chris McDonald. And uh, eventually, over the course of I would say you know two three weeks, maybe a little bit. No, probably longer than that. Right. Uh, got offered. Got offered the job. So. I'm blessed. I mean, Sid, it, it's something completely different. It's not doing radio on a day in day out basis. I love, I'm not, uh, I, you know, still love radio, but you know, my experience at SNY, we're there for 14 years. My experience at WFAN, the relationships I've built up, uh, the trust I've built up with, uh, you know, the audience uh, of being someone that's going to tell you to it straight and and give you all the pertinent information. Mix in obviously my personality to it as well uh afforded me the opportunity for this so uh said the whole thing is and you know this i mean you got kids i got kids is you know when everything went down with the fan is um like i I didn't think about like woe is me oh my god my career like i thought about that for sure but the biggest thing i thought about and i've said this before is i just didn't want anything to affect my kids lives that's that's the biggest thing i I didn't want jackson paul and gregory anything not that we're living, you know, listen, I mean, nobody's making Mike and Chris money in radio anymore. <laughs> right. that, that's not it. Not true. But the point being is that, but the point being is, is that um, I, I didn't want them, I wanted them to still be able to do what they wanted to do to be able to support them. I think any, you know, any father or mother wants that. No, of course. Kids. And that's how I felt, too, when I got fired multiple yeah. times. I know yeah. this job offers you that. You're going to be able to do what you did before, which is great. And I watched and you many times. it's a challenge. T- it's building something different. Right. It's something different. new. It's I mean, just, I, yeah, I, I watched you many times on SNY with Sal Licata, those guys. You were terrific. And by the way, I did a lot of guest spots on Channel 11. I used to watch uh, Porn in the Back with Mr. G and uh, used to do the uh, the worm <laughs> with Kaidi Tong. They love me at Channel 11. Uh, but a serious note, that is a fun station to work. I mean, they're right there in the heart of New York City, Moose. Yeah, we're at the old Daily News building, 42nd between 2nd and 3rd. It's great. Everybody's been um, – uh, Hazel Sanchez has been great. Tamsin, uh, Corey Chamber. Uh, everyone's been – Mr. G's been unbelievable. Got a great group in, in Justin and Joe in the sports department. Know 
Uh, one of the other, know a lot of the producers, Saul and Chris and, and Gerard Musi uh, from uh, for Gerard from SNY. So it's a really good group. You know, say so that that's it. It's fun to go to work. Um, it's something completely different. Learning things that you know I've never really kind of done before. I'm not a traditional sports anchor, but you know that's what kind of the, what they were looking for. So I'm excited for the opportunity. So on the way out, and again, best of luck to you. I think you're the perfect guy for the job. You're going to be great. And I watch you at night, and I think you're terrific. But give me your feeling on the baseball. We we talked about it for days here. We're covering serious topics here. You know, we're not doing what FAN does. We're covering Ukraine, Russia, crime in the city, and the fact that billionaires and millionaires were fighting over baseball money. We're starting to make even the biggest of baseball fans me nauseous i had enough of it i was ready to just write it off see i love the mets but no thank you i'm glad they got this done what were you saying the last couple of weeks yeah i you know i'm glad they got it done i think they finally woke up and and i I think they woke up to the idea that number one baseball doesn't have the same impact in this country that it once did i understand new york city is a complete outlier because everybody you're a huge met fan i grew up a huge yankee fan Baseball is still king in the city to a large extent, but not across the country. And and you look at it, NFL has superseded them. The NBA has superseded them. I think for Major League Baseball, you know, they finally you know were able to come to the grips. That they've got to get moving forward here. Uh, not only the, were the fans not willing to, but regenerating fans, getting new fans, they weren't going to have an appetite for a long lockout either. It's not a matter of who wins or who loses. It's not the old cliche that's all played out about billionaires facing millionaires. For the for the sanctity of the sport, like you played the cut from Rob Manfred, who I think they have a major league baseball commissioner that doesn't really particularly care about the sport with some of the stuff that he's had to say. He actually sounded human like he actually <laughs> cared yesterday, yep, yep. last night after he announced the deal. Before, he sounded like he was a robo-commissioner yep, yep. where he didn't really have much care or feeling for the sport. So I'm glad baseball is back. You know, we both love it. It's great for this city, especially with the expectations for the Mets. Maybe not so much for the Yankees. Cashman and company, they've got a lot of work to do. But, um, you know, baseball, there are a lot of issues. Tony Clark said about a week and a half ago, there are significant problems with Major League Baseball, and he's not wrong. But in order to rectify those problems, you've got to be on the field. All right, on the way out here, the most exciting piece of this 10-minute conversation outside of Mark Malusis is on Channel 11 every night, and he's terrific, you're going to love him, is that you've got a really, really big-name special guest joining yeah, you you're Sunday. you on Sunday night. Oh, me. New oh, York oh, Sports oh, Nation. What? <laughs> New York Sports Nation, Sunday night, 11 o'clock. The great Sid Rosenberg is going to join Joe Mysteri and myself. There you go. I can't wait to do it. It's going to be fun. I'm really happy for you. You're all one of the good guys in this profession. I love you. Everybody I know loves you. You're great at what you do. Knock it out of the park at PIX. Keep coming by here, and all the best to you, Donna, and the kids. All right, pal? Thank you so much. Sid, all the best. Thanks for the moose. That's uh, a great job. The moose, Mark Malusis, new sports anchor at WPIX, Channel 11. Make sure you're watching your sports with him weeknights here in New York City. That's a heck of a three hours. And here it comes. A very honest conversation. I don't care if you like them. I don't care if you don't like them. doesn't matter. I think, you know, I watch these um, these shows on the ID channel. You know, I'm addicted to that stuff, you know. And um, serial killers. This guy's not that drunk. But um, I'm always fascinated when they sit down and speak with people and give people the opportunity to try to express what they feel, what they felt, what they feel now. And all that is about to come your way with Anthony Weiner. There's only I can do it.
right here next. Nine oh four on the Friday morning, the fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid. Once again, special thanks to Ron and Santa, Jennifer Harrison, Rob Shooter, who just mentioned us on Rosanna Scotto's show, Mark Malusis, Lydia, and a host of others, but uh, and Frank Morano, who was really, really great the first hour this morning, co-hosting with me. But I did promise we'd have a special guest in studio coming up at uh, nine o'clock this morning, and he is here. He's on every Saturday from uh, two to four. Here on WABC, alongside Curtis Sliwa, there was a time when he would be uh, filling in for me and or Bernie back when I first came back to New York in 2016. Uh, we know what happened after that. Now he's back at the station. He is Anthony Weiner. And let me let me just start by saying this right off the bat. I have gotten a ton of texts this morning from people who are like, I got to be honest, Sid, I thought you were better than this. Sid, come on. Sid, you're a father. So are you. Sid, what are you doing? I don't want to hear this. And my response is, is let the guy talk. Give the guy a chance. Let's hear what he has to say. But I will tell you, to be completely honest with you, that I've gotten more hate mail today about this conversation than any other in my six years here. That's not to make you feel bad. But I got to be honest with you. But this is not the first time you've heard this. Or is it? Hey, Sid. Good to see you, bud. Uh, no, I've, I've, uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm, I, there's a pretty clever strategy on your part to distract from that photograph with you and Hokel. And get the <laughs> only thing that people might be motivated more is by me. But uh, I, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I, and I, I have a confession to make. I'm nervous. You know, I used to do, you know, when you were on with Imus, I would do Imus. I would do radio all the time. I was on TV all the time. And I went on there as a politician, and I had something to sell, and I was—I knew the shtick, and I knew the rhythm. This is a little bit different for me. I got to admit, it's been a long time since I've done stuff like this. So I appreciate you having me back. No, I know. But, 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 but why you, know, like you you do shows on the weekend with Curtis? Why are you specifically nervous? Is it because of me, or just the just the the conversation, the well, topic? It's, it's a couple of things. I mean, for one thing, I'm still generally not at ease yet doing this. You know, I didn't just come back at you know once I got knocked down. I got knocked down. I kept, you know, my addictions kept going. I kept getting knocked down. I kept having horrible stories. And then I went away. I went away to prison. I went away to rehab. No, no, just thought you didn't get knocked down. You knocked yourself down. A hundred percent. This right, is what, okay. and, and by the way. Because I also, I, I don't blame a line of cocaine, my wife, oh, something else. All my issues, I did. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, the, they, the, 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 the first step to getting well is to concede that it is you that can't figure your stuff out. And, um... But I didn't try to come back. You know, I've, I've been out of prison for a while, for three years, and I ran a company, the Navy Yard. I, doing public things is, was not part of the rhythm. And to be honest with you, it's because of how public notoriety and the addictive nature of everything was getting under my skin and got between my ears is why I stayed away from it. So now, even when I do this, the, the show with, with Curtis, um, I still have a little sense of anxiety about, about all this stuff, but... To be honest with you, being on your – I'm a huge fan. I, this show is great. I listen to it every morning. And, you know, the, you're a familiar face. I, 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 I pray for, for Bernie to come back soon because I consider him a friend also. We agree on practically nothing. <laughs> but I, I know that 
that I, I, I know how this stuff works, but I'm still a little bit, you know, I still have some anxiety around it. But I appreciate you having me on because I, I know you're probably taking some licks from, from your supporters. Now, when, when uh, people go, now, where's this guy been? Now, we know where you've been. You, you, you had the issue. You went to prison. Uh, you've been out now how long? I've been out three years. You've been out now three years already? Yeah. yeah how long did you actually serve again? So, so I got a 21-month sentence. I served 18 months and five days in, in prison. Then I served three months in a halfway house in the Bronx. Um, and I'm about it's about three years since. So I, I've been kind of like I have not been eagerly trying to find the spotlight. And it wasn't until um, Curtis and John Katsimatidis, who, by the way, you were at the old WABC. That yeah. place was a dump. Oh, this place is yeah. much amazing. Nicer. Yeah, much nicer. And everyone yeah. at the old place yeah. was walking around like they, they had pneumonia. <laughs> everyone here has got a lot of energy and things yeah. are great. So well, there's windows. There's windows. Right, and, and you know going to prison for three years, there's not a lot of windows. <laughs> 100%. You, you're, you're, you're grateful for little things. <laughs> like, like windows. Like that's windows, a, that's a big exactly. Deal. So in that period of time when you're away, you have a very public marriage to Huma Aberdeen, uh, obviously. Uh, what happened there? Where is your life now? Where do you live now? Who do you live with? Yeah. Who are you now? Well, I'm a... I mean, look, a lot of stuff about me is very different. I live a much smaller life. I'm not on the shuttle going back and forth. I'm not on TV all the time. I'm just, you know, my, my, she's now my ex-wife. We live in the same building. We have a 10-year-old son who recently gotten into ice hockey, and he's the light Huma and I are not married, but she's still my best friend. It's amazing the stuff she's been through. She put out a book. I know your book is going to blow her off the, the bestseller list, so <laughs> that goes that. without saying. I don't know. But uh, she put out an amazing book that told her side of the story. You know, people who are spouses of or family members of people who go through horrible things. People forget those people go through horrible things also, and I, and, and I put her through an awful lot. Um, but thank God I'm healthy. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing drugs. I'm, I'm not doing social media. I'm, right. you know, I'm, I'm trying to work out when I can. I'm playing hockey. I'm trying to live a much smaller life. Well, were there any misconceptions? All we know is this. Anthony Weiner had an issue. There was an underage girl. He was texting her. Uh, people particularly were very upset and know you love your son. I know you do. And I hear, for what it's worth, you're a pretty good father. But they hated that one picture. So was there any misconceptions? Is there something that the public should know about you that they don't know? Or do we basically know what happened? Well, look, I mean, first of all, that picture, it's funny that... Funny probably that that picture draws the eye. That, that's your biggest issue. Well, but do you want to know what's... what's People say going to prison was my bottom. That wasn't. That was that photograph yeah. was like and it, people have different bottoms people you know you thought me losing my my career you thought me losing mayor was my bottom you put your finger on what was my bottom and you know to, to a similar extent because uh, i've been to jail i've been to rehabs when i got arrested for dui back in miami in 2012 and my wife showed up at the scene at one o'clock in the morning with both of my kids didn't have a babysitter and my daughter ava who was eight at the time saw the cop put the handcuffs on me, that was my bottom. 100%. Similar to what you're talking about. hundred percent. Like, it, it's, it's funny when the, there is a notion in the program, and you've got some experience with it, this notion that you come to not regret your past because you realize that everything is – there's a reason to get you into yeah, the help that yeah. you need. I don't believe that's true. <laughs> I regret all of it. <laughs> well, that's – you know, it's, 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 it's called the nine-step promise. But, yeah. you know, look, the, the, the fact is – But you, you, that, you certainly do regret. Please tell me regret. Well – you know, here it was. It's very hard to 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 say this, but the fact is that you wind up if you reach a certain point that you realize that everything happened for a reason. I got laid low for a reason, and I got brought down to that place because I needed to have that kind of a bottom for me to get some help. 
and um, everything happens for a reason. It's brought me to this place sitting here with you. I thank every morning I wake up, I make a gratitude list. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here this moment. I'm grateful that John Katzmatidis and this amazing organization has given me a shot to be on with Curtis Lee. I'm, greatest, but, 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 I'm grateful for Curtis. But what about Curtis. her? I mean, forget about Uma still loves you and your son still loves you. I don't know if you ever talked to that girl again. You're probably not allowed. Uh, I don't know why you'd want to. But and, and believe me when I tell you, it wasn't like she was uh, she was uh, all the innocent either. But what about her? What about her gratitude? She, what about she, she well, came that you know, part of the amends I have to make, and for her, it's going to be indirect amends because I I'm not I have no desire, nor should I, nor am I legally be, uh, able to be right, in touch sure, with her. Sure. Um, uh, suffice it to say, I'm I'm not going to you know she's right she has the right to her privacy, and I'm not going to do anything to infringe upon it. I owe her a debt. I owe society a debt. I owe my constituents a debt. Um, the first and primary debt is to the is to my my son, to my wife. But this notion of you know sometimes people stop me on the street and they say thank you for something you did. Sometimes they say you know you really disappointed me. I voted for you. Sometimes people say you it's because of you that that the Bill De Blasio got got elected. I you know I'll never forgive you for that. <laughs> That's true. Part of part of what you my did help life, ruin the city. Anthony. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that. Yeah, uh, but part of part of the challenge I face is figuring out how to make amends to the people that I've hurt, and that includes the victim of my crime. What about your son? Where is that again? I know he plays hockey. You guys are close. You play hockey. We talked about the picture. What does he know? He's still a young kid. My son's thirteen. The problem is Gabriel goes on the internet. He reads about daddy. He sees all this stuff. Your son is about the age where he probably does that. What does he say to you? Yeah, it's it's a great question. Between Jordan's age and Gabriel's age, is this moment that I'm going to lose track? I'm going to lose my ability to say, "Don't look." Right. Every day, and his friends will show it to him, which is even worse. No, every day I know it's a ticking clock, and so what I've endeavored to do, and what Huma's endeavored to do, and she talks about this a little bit in her book, is to try to talk to him, make it so that I and his mom are the place they can come to learn the truth however ugly it might be. The problem is he doesn't have a vocabulary. I got, I got buddies who I play hockey with who don't understand what the heck I was doing. You know, so it's hard to explain to, to him every last detail. But every day I sense him peeling the onion a little more and asking me more questions. And one of the things I do do is I let him listen to the interviews that I've been doing the last couple of weeks about this stuff because people ask reasonable questions. They're entitled to the answers, and he's getting to the age. Now, he's not – you know, he's going to look for, he's going to see things about me on the internet that are ugly and horrible, and I hope that, that I give him some context for that. Now, you, you said that uh, Uma, of course, is still your best friend. You still speak to her all the time. You live in the same building. You've got a son in common. You have a nice relationship. Uh, do you talk, is it a daily conversation? Is there any chance that maybe somewhere down the road you guys reconcile? What is that relationship like, looking like, moving forward? I, I see, I, I, I don't know. We did have a, a period in, in 2019 where we went through a process. She finally said that she wanted to know everything and finally said she wanted to, to, to understand a little bit about the program of recovery I'm in, and I'm grateful for her for that. I, I, I think it's over and done with, but I don't – we have enormous respect for one another. And two people like the two of us have been through stuff that no other person could ever understand. Yeah. And so we have that bond. And also the bond around Jordan. You know what it's like to have as the center of your universe your kids that almost whatever else happens, whatever beats us up, whatever conflicts we have with our significant others, that still is the glue that holds us together. And, 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 and so – but I, I don't you know, I, I don't want to make any news here that we're going to get back together unless it helps your ratings. In that yeah, case, that could help. In that, case, I'll, that. I, in that case, I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> you know, I um, – I was mad at you. You know, look, you, you filled in for me and Bernie and – 
I started to like you. I actually liked you. I mean, you're not you're an arrogant prick, and you think you're smart than everybody in the room and all that stuff, and that's all true. That's still true, by the way. But I actually started to like you, and then you did this thing, and then I, I was I was forced to to say bad things about you, which I didn't really want to do, which I stopped doing, mind you. But I remember the one time where I got really upset for you, and it was your father. Now, my father was my best friend, and he died two years ago, and it still crushes me to this day. And I think I read or I saw when you went to prison, your father was the one who took you. If I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. And I said to myself, I think his name is Murray or something, some nice old Jewish name. Morton. Morty, yeah. I know he loves you. He's proudy. My son was almost the mayor of the city. My father, thank God, when he died, saw me finally excel because I was such an F up for so long. And it made me happy. I couldn't imagine what that trip was like. If my father had to drive me where your father drove you. And that was the last time that I was not angry. I was upset because of your father. Well, nothing about that story. You should have any different. That's I mean, except the part he, he didn't drive me. He didn't drive me. My, my, okay. my, my, my uh, brother did. But think about. Think about what it's like to be. Like my my parents, middle class, my mom's school teacher, they saw their son go to Congress. So yeah, it's it's heavy it's heavy stuff. Um, But um, that's what I have to make amends. I have to try to you know. Where are you and your dad today? That relationship. It's 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 fine. I mean, he's he you know he still lives in a house I grew up in. Right. He He still tells you he loves you. Look. Look, this isn't what this show should be about. Look, what I will say this is that many people listening to this program have it way worse than me. Way worse, okay? I went away for 18 months. I didn't go away for 18 years. My, my, I didn't, you know, hit someone with my, my you know, we both, are, we, both of our situations could have been so much worse. I, both, I came out the other side. A lot of people don't. There are people who sat and watched this. So every day I get up, and I'm grateful. And so, you know, anyway, so sorry about, you know, this is no, not, no, supposed, no, to be, not supposed to be that kind of no, no, that's thing. Just, Why, you know, let's, okay. let's, let's talk about gas prices. Let's, uh, let's talk about Joe Biden. Come on, let's, let's take a, a break. Let's take a I break. I appreciate it. Go wash, put some water on your face. Have a cup of water, and we will crack, and we will talk about all the things that you're wrong about, which is a lot. <laughs> and uh, we'll fight and do all that good stuff. I appreciate the honest conversation. And hopefully that helped you because it certainly helped me. And hopefully it helped the listeners out there as well. We'll do more with Anthony Weiner on the Bernie and Sid Show right after this. All right. Back here on Bernie and Sid. Need a beat Sid, beat Bernie caller. Your chance to win $100. Compliments of Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. So I'm getting a bunch of texts. And they're going, listen, I, uh, I wanted to hate Anthony Weiner. And now I'm having trouble hating him because... He just humanized himself in a big way when he started to tear up talking about his father and his son. And, and that's part of the reason why we're having this conversation is because even though Anthony, in my estimation, did something terrible. He's terrible. Not murder, not rape, but terrible. He uh, He's a human being. I got to know him over the years. And I think he deserves the chance to speak. And uh, I think some of you will actually change. Some of you won't. Most of you may not. But some of you may actually change your mind, and 
and start giving people who ordinarily you don't believe deserve a chance a chance. Now, you have the opportunity, Anthony, to do this at a ton of places. NBC, I know, offered you something, maybe even CBS. Why here? Why WABC? Well, I don't you – know, look, I mean, for, for one thing, I still care about the issues I care about, and local radio is a, is an institution in New York. And pr- frankly, before John Cantabatinas came along, it was an institution that was dying. You know, you, you know that you know, doing local radio is is steeped in the, steeped in the history of, of New York. And the philosophy here, you know, that Chad has and that John has of news, straight down the middle, solid news reporting, and then views during the day – doesn't work if you just have view. It can't be news and view. It has to be a multi, a, a multiple of different views. And and to be honest, I, I'll admit I don't have. And you're going to see this if we talk a little bit. I don't have the fire with fire fighting thing. I'm more about fighting with water nowadays. You know, you had a great interview with Ron Insana this morning. You had some presumptions you brought to the conversation. You asked him about it, and he he pushed back on some. Yes, he did. Anytime Trump comes up or Biden, that's – it'll be like, you know, the same thing. That kind of – that happens every single time, but it does make for a good conversation. Well, he also he, – he polluted your rants with some facts, which is, which is <laughs> no, kind of no, – which didn't. is kind of an, an unfamiliar <laughs> circumstance for you to be in. Right. But, but when, when John and, and Curtis Lee was another, he's an institution. I mean he's, he's a one taco short of a combo, but he is <laughs> – right. he's an institution – and so the idea of kind of doing it in a way that I, I don't want to be the 19th liberal on MSNBC. Plus, for them, I'm fairly conservative. So th- this is a comfortable place for me. I'm still learning. I don't know if radio. I'm going to be a radio guy in my future. But I can tell you it's been an enjoyable experience, and I appreciate that they've given me the opportunity. How did this happen? Because when you filled in for me and Bernie six years ago, it was a cumulus station. Uh, here comes – and we were dying. We were dying. Chad, who I love dearly, this poor guy – they sold PLJ, they sold Nash Country, they sold the Urban Station, and all they had left was Bernie and Sid. I mean, not ABC, but ABC is Bernie and Sid. And, and John and Margot come in on their white horse, and they save the day with great programming all day, including his show, great music on the weekends. How did the Anthony Weiner-John Katsimatidis relationship come Oh, about? well, that actually, that goes back a ways. You know, first of all, we ran for mayor at the same time in 2013, if Oh, Oh, I was in Boca, so I wasn't here. Right. We were both and, in that race. And we both thought we were going to win, and we both liked the other guy, and so we didn't lay a hand on each other, to be honest with you. you know, and, we, and I've always liked him, and he's, he's one of these New York neighborhood guys, but the ultimate line of connection between us were both Brooklyn Tech guys. Right. We both went That's to Brooklyn right. Tech. That's right. You both um, went to Brooklyn Tech, And he yes. reached out to me over a year ago. And suggested I come in and do some spot, and I just wasn't re- to be ready to be honest. Uh, now you said that you're a little more conservative than these everyday MSNBC guys, and, and that's part of the reason why I think you were a good fit with me and Bernie because we can't stand progressives. We we have very little tolerance for liberals in general. We don't hate Democrats, but we kind of dislike them. But that wasn't the case with you because every now and then, not often. But every now and then you would say something that was actually smart and factual when you weren't trying to deliver that nonsense Democrat stuff, which you've done for the better part of your career. Again, not often, but every now and then. Uh, give me some examples uh, why that – some of the things you may have said to us that me and Bernie said, okay, this guy's okay with us. I'm not, look, it, we'll have a chance to talk about some of the issues of the day, and I disagree with you about some of them. But more importantly, you know, I ran in 2005 as a, as a relatively junior member of Congress, and I made the runoff – not by basically saying what everyone else says. And if you and if you think about it, we as a party, Eric Adams was not the lefty candidate in this race. 
And to some degree, Mike Bloomberg got elected because there were a lot of moderate Democrats that came over and joined with Republicans to get him elected. True. So th- there's this notion, and I think sometimes you don't you don't appreciate this. You have 8.5 million people in the city. There's a lot of Democrats, but they're not all AOC AOC Democrats. And if you think about it, Joe Biden got elected in a busy primary in 2020. By being the, the the moderate guy. Now, you can well, say he you lied. He lied. He delivered that bill of goods. Since he's won the office, he's been to the left of Bernie Sanders, but he did try to sell us that. I yes. mean, I'm not going to kid you. There is a fringe element of the Republican Party that's pulling them to the right. There's a fringe element of the, of the Democratic Party that's pulling them to the left. But most of you, I would argue, and maybe I'm wrong about this. You know your listeners way better than I do. I think most people who are listening to news programming, listen to talk programming, are somewhere in the general middle where they don't have 75 percent of their brain devoted to politics. They just want to make sure that things are happening in a reasonable, responsible way and that people are are following common sense policies with good experience and good people around them. That's where I think most people are. And that's part of my aspiration when I'm on with Curtis is not to necessarily – you know, they say it's left versus right – there are a lot of times that I uh, agree with Curtis on stuff, but but I, you know, when when I was in Congress, I was on the Judiciary Committee. And I was a sponsor of of the legislation to bring additional cops to New York City. I was was a supporter of the death penalty. I've come to the position that that death penalty is not really that great at solving crime. But I, you know, I represented I represented Archie Bunker's house in Queens. I represented yeah, Rockaway. That's true. When I left Congress, it was a Republican who took my seat. People don't realize, you know, that that my district was a fairly moderate kind of district. And I survived in that district by sometimes being in favor of things that I thought believed in, like single payer health care, but also uh, being one of the most hawkish guys in Israel in all of Congress. Uh, and there's no question about that, which is something near and dear to me, obviously. Where does Anthony Weiner stand on this bill reform issue? Well, look, I understand what the, the, the fact of the matter is it's getting blamed for all kinds of crimes that it has nothing to do with. You know, right now, more people are committing crimes by that because people are committing crimes when they're out on bail. Those are not the people that that are being argued about in the bail reform. The only question is, if two people come to to the bar of justice, they're both accused with the exact same crime. They're both given a thousand dollar bail. One guy might not be able to afford it. He stays in Rikers for two years and the other guy walks. And so they try to figure out a way to, to help clear out Rikers. But I think what they're doing in New Jersey is the right thing. Which is let give judges some data that lets them say, you know what, he's he's he might not flee, he may come back, which is what bail is supposed to be, but we also fear he may commit crimes based on his history, and give the judges the ability to hold that guy. But let's keep and try. You you sometimes lose track of this on your show. Bail is for people who have not been convicted of anything yet. They're as innocent as anyone walking on the street in the in front of the bar of justice. You might not like that. And there might be horrible accusations against them. So bail reform, figuring out a way to make it make it more fair. That's just because you don't have a thousand dollars doesn't mean that you have to sit in Rikers. But the way they did in New Jersey, they let judges have the information and in rare occasions say, you know what? This guy's going to commit a crime if I let him out. Let's hold him. And, I, and, and so I think it does need to be fixed. And I think Eric Adams is right to go to the legislature and say fix it. Okay, but what good is going to the legislator, Anthony? He doesn't do anything about it. He goes to Albany. They slam the door on his face to what Cousins and Carl Heasty, and he walks with his tail between his legs and does, and does yeah, nothing. just like Mike Bloomberg had, you know, didn't get what he wanted. Well, Mike Bloomberg just like, like, the Juli- right like the Giuliani did. I'm just saying that we, the city, the mayor of the city of New York, goes to the state legislature. The real question you should be asking is why? 
Why does Albany have so much to say about New uh, York City uh, courts? Uh, we, we why do does Albany? That. But why does Albany get to decide a liquor license in New York? Decide to a red light camera in New York? So Eric Adams has to pick his spots. I think that he's every time there's one of these crimes, he stands up at a press conference and say Albany do something. But he also has to get control of the schools. He has to get our tax rates. He has to get money from them for Medicaid. So I'm just saying that he's saying and doing the, saying the right things. You can't criticize the guy who does not have it within his jurisdiction for not doing something. He is saying something every single day. So you do like him. You think it oh, is I'm, I'm a fan. You're a I'm big a fan. fan. Well, okay. I'm, a, I'm a fan. Look, I mean, look, I, I blame me for de Blasio. I think that's maybe a, a, a going too far. I was quiet for the eight years of, of, of de Blasio. Somebody was in prison, to be honest with you. Because I think that this guy didn't understand that part of being the mayor of the city of New York is standing up with your chest out and your jaw forward and taking your lumps and showing up on time and get, showing, the, showing New Yorkers. Not that you have the answer to every question, but you get it in your kishkas what it is they do. Eric Adams, I think, has that sensibility. And if nothing else, he's been in office for three months. For goodness sakes, cut him some slack. You know what? I'm shaking my head while you're talking. You know what? I'm shaking my head. Why is that? Because... You're smart. You know, you may come off arrogant again, but you're smart. Uh, even when I disagree with you, you present your case so well. And I say to myself, this kid, this guy could have been special, special, and a big-time help for this city. And, and look, I, I wish you the best of luck. I really do. You can come back on this show, kill it on the weekends. Uh, maybe one day there'll be another run. I don't know. Maybe people will forgive and forget. But I shake my head because you are a smart guy, and, and you know that. And you have to, every now and then, say to yourself, geez, I mean, if I could have those 15 minutes back, that one hour back, those two hours you back. Know, but, but I, first of all, I was in Congress and in public life for 25 years. That's a lot. I did a lot of things that I'm very proud of. People still come Was it 25 years? Yeah, I was in wow. the city council. I worked for Chuck Schumer. I was in Congress. I ran for mayor a couple of times. I don't have any reason to complain. You know, it's, it's like I don't have any reason to complain. But you, there's no doubt about it. You know, my stuff, my addictions, my my compulsions stop me from having the job I most wanted. But does that mean I can't be of service today? And maybe I can be of service in other ways. I'm sure. always looking for those sure. opportunities. You know, I hired the formerly incarcerated at this at this company that I ran in the Brooklyn Navy Yard called Ice Stone. I volunteer where I can, and maybe being on the radio with you and like talking some sense into your head not is a happen. way that I no. can be of service. No, you know, no. you are of service, and uh, but you're not talking sense into my head. You're delivering a, a, a bill of goods that I'm used to getting in this city. But yeah, yeah, you're cute. It's fine. You, you, you know, you, I, you know, you, you, you're doing a great job today. But I have to ask you about the phone. As a recovering addict, I can't go into a bar, right? And I certainly can't go into a place where people are doing drugs. So the phone for you was an issue. So when you sit here right now and that phone is in front of you, that's not a problem? Well, do you do – do you ever talk about gambling on your shows? Every now and then. Do you ever do spots for – I mean, yes. look, the yes. phone is not the problem. My, I'm the problem. It's not the tool. It's not the device. The bar is not the problem. Even the alcohol is not the problem. But you don't get – there's not there's, on, on, a, on a sad, lonely day, Anthony, and be honest here – you don't get a compulsion. Now, look, the compulsion doesn't matter. It's what you do about uh -huh. it. I get it. I, you don't get a compulsion. Uh, so let me look. A hundred. I, I am, you know, I am not, I am not fixed. I'm in recovery. I go to meetings every day. I have blocks on my phone for certain things. I don't do social media. 
And every day I am one slip away as uh, – listen, there's a lot of people in this world that I have to explain this language to. You're not one of them. You get it. And anyone who's out there who's ever dealt with someone who deals with compulsions or deals with addictive behaviors and deals with these things knows you, you're not like out of the woods. You always have to be pre- – and when, be, when I walked over here this morning, I checked in with three or four people just to get my feet on the ground. But make no mistake about it. You are exactly right, and, and that that at any time, at any day, I am. I have to be vigilant. vigilant but sure. but the, the way I I view it, if you are a if you're a uh, a, a what's an example? If you are someone that has epilepsy, needs to take medication to avoid epilepsy. Being an epileptic might be. The reason you have to take, but it's your job to take your medicine. 100%. And it's my job to do everything I can to stay sober. It's my job to do everything I can to stay on, on the beam. But but you're right. That's why, you know, we're having a conversation. How do we promote my show? It ain't going to be by me going on social media no, and tweeting. No, no, I'm, I'm right, sorry. That, that, right. that just <laughs> isn't going to happen. <laughs> so so <laughs> if I ask you this ridiculous, lame, but it's obligatory, but it is a ridiculous question, and uh, you don't give me the answer, I think you're going to give me, I'm going to be surprised. How old are you now? I'm 57. 57. You look good for your age. Uh, you're I 62. Don't, I don't look as good as Lou. I mean, I have to, <laughs> he doesn't age. He doesn't age. Way, it's he's amazing. Also, he's also 57. Just so you know, I, 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 the same I, age. That's why I pointed yeah, it out. He's like, the, he's like the picture of Dorian Gray. He looks great, <laughs> but in this attic, he's <laughs> he decaying somehow. So uh, the 62-year-old Anthony Weiner sitting here next to me in five years, what's the difference in his life? Maybe personally, maybe professionally. What's going to be the difference in his life when he's 62? I, I, I tell you, if God is good and I'm lucky, the only difference will be that my son will be older and smarter and wiser and the like. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think about what I've done in the three years since I've been out of prison. I was the CEO of a countertop company that made countertops at the Brooklyn Navy. Yard. Right. OK, I did that. All right. I did some consulting and some, you know, cashing in on my contacts and things like that and, and, and doing that. The last six or eight months, I've been very quiet because Huma's been promoting her book. I've had to take care of Jordan. She's been traveling or doing her doing her, her, her book tour. And now I'm putting my, my toes in the water of doing a radio show. I have no idea, but every day is a is a blessing. I don't have the same confidence I used to have. Everything is going to be amazing because I've seen the other side of it. Sure. And every day I'm, 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 I'm kind of grateful. I still don't think the Mets have enough depth in their starting rotation. <laughs> I mean, I am not. I have been down this path before. Who is the third pitcher outside of Degrom, the Scherzer? Who's number three? That's the problem. I, I don't. I don't have a sense. I don't have a sense that they. And and how many times have we been? Oh, that's right. Tawan Walker, very good, Lewis. Yes. Yeah, but how many times have we been down this path of going oh, into the season with this amazing rotation? Oh, like, all oh, the time. This this can't this can't all the time. So what um, about the lineup? What about the lineup? Good enough. Well, obviously, we need, we need bullpen help, which is like you can just put put repeat on that for the last several years. Right. Um, I think. By the way, I also want to say I think Ranger fans are getting way out over their skis. They're not that good a team. They're pretty good. They're I mean, no that, one said they're going to win the Stanley Cup. They're, they're not that good a team. They just. I mean, they, aren't you a Ranger fan though? I'm an Islander fan. Oh no wonder. We had oh, a good night God. last night. Yeah, good night. Don't, good don't night talk last about night. the Rangers being an Islander fan. Do me you, a you, favor. You, you, have, you have to. What no, are you, you what don't are because you don't come up and play. They're the Rangers are so much better than the Islanders right now. Worry about your own issues. I'm just saying. They have one good night against I, Columbus. The, the Islanders. The Islanders <laughs> had a, a horrible season, but it's, this is the one day I can come in here and talk trash. What are you talking about? That's a one day. That's right. So what about the Mets? Again, you're right. Bullpen help. Uh, rotation after your second starter could be an issue. I think the outfield the outfield's fine. I don't. I I think. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you want to get Bryant? I don't. I mean, the price. It's not my money. But uh, I would get him. By the way, what's? Let me ask you. You're a sports guy. Yeah. What's going to happen in the next couple of days? Are we going to see like 200 signings? Yes. 
Yes. Is that what's going to happen? It's going to be a flurry of activity. It's going to be very, very exciting. And they couldn't have any talks at all during the, That's the negotiations? Nothing. Yeah, they couldn't even call – if a Yankee player, Anthony, was about to get married, they couldn't even call Brian Cashman and tell him. How about that? Yeah. If they're yeah. about to have a I, child, I, I, they couldn't even tell him that. So now, yes, there'll be a flurry of And they're of not going to have the seven-inning doubleheaders anymore. That's correct. And you're going to have a GH in both leagues. And you have uh, – they're going to be wearing promotional stuff. Which I don't care. I don't care about that. It's kind of lame, but fine. I don't care either. This I just tradition, want baseball. I think the traditionalists around baseball – I mean, you got to realize the tradition is one thing, but, you know, I can't – you could not pay Jordan, the 10-year-old. You can't pay him to watch a baseball game. It, I know. He gets bored. It's My entirely son different My son than, than I know. when I was 10 years old watching this – what was it, the 70s? It's in the 72-year Mets that were, like, good for a half a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. That – that was like part of the rhythm, Me the background too. of your life. Me too. But you're losing Jordan. If, if you don't have an MLB 22 on the screen, he's not watching <laughs> baseball at all. You're right. Uh, so listen, in the last uh, 30 seconds, uh, uh, this has been a very, very good appearance. What's, uh, what's your message to listeners out there? I've enjoyed this. What is uh, your last 30 seconds before you come back on the air Saturday with Curtis? Well, I, I'd like people to tune in, but if they don't, and if they have no patience for me, I totally get it. I mean, what, you know, I, I, I'm not asking people to love me. I'm not even asking people. I mean, I'd like them to listen. I think that our show is pretty good. I think people who tune in the last few Saturdays have been kind of surprised because we've been, you know, people, it's, it's not a, you know, it's not the slugfest where we're having conversation about issues. I, I explained to him what the, 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 the Keystone Pipeline issue is. You obviously don't get it at all but um you know you realize there's already a keystone pipeline right yes okay and it just makes it shorter some private business that wants to go through private private properties and go through indigenous people's lands and so for the last four years under trump there has been a permanent place to build it It hasn't been built can you tell me why i I can't tell you the reason why is that people don't want it on their lands it's that simple. It's well, basically that simple. You can have a permit tomorrow. You still have to. And who? Since when do you conservatives believe eminent domain for a private oil company? <laughs> I, I, I Come on, know. man. <laughs> Snap out of it. <laughs> okay, there you have it, folks. Anthony Weiner every Saturday alongside Curtis Sliwa. We're going to take a short break. We're going to play a beat. Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. It is indeed time to beat Bernie. Sing it. Yeah. Give me that soul, Justin. Should we start a uh, little pop duo, me and you? Nice. No, I'm a little slow. That's too slow. Yeah, that's also very offbeat. You gotta be burning. Your tempo is a mess right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, fine. So you, this you is the game. Geniuses take over. Fine. We got to jump right into it. We're tight on time. Um, obviously, a very uh, substantive interview with Anthony Weiner and uh, Sydney. The game sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out at peerlessboilers.com and paviliontankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built. Boilers today, we have the wonderful Claudia, another one of our interns playing the game. Claudia, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. It is Friday indeed. Today's Claudia's last day with us. She'll go back to Fordham, correct? Fordham, yeah. To be a Ram. Go Rams, baby! And go then Rams. Um, she'll come crawling back here for a job. Uh, what, what year are you? I'm a sophomore. Okay. Uh, so we'll, a couple, we'll, couple we'll years. We'll all be couple out of here. Yeah, we'll, we'll all be long gone by then. Long gone. Uh, so, uh, you, Claudia, today you're playing for, is that, how do you say that? Bay? B? Bay? B. B. You're playing for B in the Bronx. B, what's going on? Hi, Justin. How are you? Love I'm, your show. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, you sound like a wonderful, you- like a wonderful lady. Thank you so much. Uh, question for you, Justin. Are you using this show as a stepping board for comedic career? Yes. 
good. I think you'll do great. Is it working? Yeah. Oh, how about that? You're great at what you're doing right now, but uh, you could also, uh, we might see on Saturday Night Live. Oh, well, how about, thank you, B. It'll finally get funny, then. Thank you. (laughs) Justin, you'll be playing middle school assemblies in no time, bud. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, as long as Lou and Luke will um, shut up back there, we can get into the game here. Uh, B, we're going to keep you on hold. You will win the prize if Claudia um, comes out victorious in today's game. So hang out on hold, and you'll get a chance to talk to Sid in a little bit. Thank you for all the kind words. Claudia, are you ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Let's Let's do the damn thing. Here we go. Number one, at Super Bowl 54, Jennifer Lopez was joined by who to perform at the halftime show? That would be Shakira. Very good. One for one. We're off to a hot start. Who is the designated hitter for the New York Yankees? I'm going to disappoint people. I'm a Boston sports fan, so I'm not going to know this one. So I'm going to have to pass. You're going to have to pass? I don't know. You're not even going to give me a guess. Guess? A guess? No? No guess? It's the big guy. It's the big guy. John Carlos Stanton. Would be I wouldn't have known that. Said big guy. Formerly known as Mike Stanton, which, honestly, that's a better name. But, hey, what are we going to do? <laughs> All right. Move it along. <laughs> yeah, moving along. Number three. What hit song starts with coming out of my cage and I've been doing it just fine? Mr. Brightside. Ooh, very good. Wow. Wow. Got that. Pulled that one, right? Yeah. She had, to, she had to rattle around the old That's noggin it. for that one. That's it. All right. Number four. Two for three thus far. You're doing very well. Thank you. Let's keep it going. Thank you. Three different cast members of the Jersey Shore have been arrested on an episode of the show. Name two. Oh. Snooky and Dina. Ooh. She even dropped the one that I I, I didn't think anybody did. Dina. I used to watch that show every Thursday night. Yeah. I just watched that episode of Jersey Shore, actually. Really? Yeah. So my friend's re- a big fan. So you guys can have your own meatball day. Color me yes. surprised. That'd be, that'd be nice. <laughs> All right, number five. You're three for four right now. You're doing great. Let's see if we go four for five. Here we go. What New York Ranger goes by the nickname The Bread Man? You know this one. I don't. You don't know it? No. Are well, you a Ranger fan? It's in reference. Oh wow! It's in reference to Panera Bread. I don't know. I'm mm. sorry. All right. Wrong. You're two-legged bag of anthrax to Jesus. Well, listen. I mean, three for five is a very good score. We'll get Sid back in here. You did very well. You did better wow. than Will. Thank you. And I don't even remember how good Jesse did. I know. Did Jesse win the game? Um, that's because of you gave him one of the Right. I, I gave him one of the answers. You gave him one of the answers? It was an accident. Yeah. What am I going to do? I'm a nice, what, sometimes I'm just, sometimes. I, I'm, I'm accidentally nice. nice. I'm an accidentally nice guy. Where is this doofus? Oh, here he is. Which one? That's <laughs> <laughs> very good, Lou. That's very good. Round of applause. Round of applause for Lou. Round of applause for Lou. All right, listen. We got to jump right in because yeah, uh, we're cut on time. Are you ready to go? Ready to go, yes. All right. Number one, at Super Bowl 54, Jennifer Lopez was joined by who to perform at the halftime show? That was uh, Shakira. Bang. One for one. Claudia went three for five. You've got to get four to get uh, to win today's game, okay? He's not listening. Who is the designated hitter for the New York Yankees? Right now? Yeah. Oh, she went four for five? Three, uh, three. three for five. Three for five. Uh, the designated hitter is Stanton. Very good. All right. Two for two. Yeah. Good job. Good job. You have to smile. Yeah. You know, like he's all giddy that he got these two for two. Yeah. Okay. What hit song starts with coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine? Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Coming out of my cage. I don't know that one. Did you get this one right? You did. Mm -hmm. 
Really? I did. I don't know it. Don't know. You got to sing it in your head, and it, it's. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Is not the name of a song. It is Mr. Brightside. Oh, by the, the Killers. Killers. Yeah. I love the Killers. Okay, mm-hmm. my bad. Go ahead. All right. Well, yeah, it is your bad. You're the one playing the game. <laughs> All right. Number four. Three different cast members of the Jersey Shore have been arrested on an episode of the show named Two. Snooky for sure. And Bonnie. He said Ronnie. Oh, uh, he did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Come on, Lou. Open up your ears. Jesus. I don't know who the third one is, but I had a guess. I go situation. He went to prison for a long time. Taxes. I need my Mike Breen fixed. <laughs> All right. You're a funny guy. You should be on SNL. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Where'd you get that from? Okay. Number five. You ready? How many did you get right so far? I think I got three got out of four. Three. One, two. Yeah. He's got three. It's a tie game. This is for the win. For the win, Claude. What New York Ranger goes by the nickname The Breadman? Panarin. Oh, 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 oh. She's from Boston. I was at a disadvantage with yeah. the New York sports questions. Oh, I was like, like what, which fan. three did you get right? I'm curious. You got the song right. What else? Miss Brightside. I got Shakira, and then I got Snooki, and there was Dino as the third one. Oh, Dino. Yeah. Very, very good. Good yeah. job. All right. Well, it's a good game today. Yeah. So um, we have B in the Bronx. She did not win the prize because, unfortunately, Claudia couldn't get the job done. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. I mean, don't apologize to me. Apologize to B. That's what uh, I was apologizing to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Not gotcha. you. Yeah. She's talking to B, by the way. I think we got that straight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we, have to, we have to come back anyway and wrap things up because we're just about out of time. So, B, we love you. Thank you for calling in. Claude, excellent job. Thank Good you. Thank today. you for having me. You got it. We'll come back and wrap things up right after this. Beat Barney. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. On 77 WABC. Well, I tell you, my phone has not stopped. And a lot of people, I have to tell you, that uh, really didn't like Anthony Weiner at all uh, are, um, well, I'm not going to say they've come around. I'm not going to say they're going to invite him over for dinner tonight. But they're like, you know what, you, you shed a different light on him. And that's only what he wanted to do this morning. Uh, listen, the rest of the guests were really, really good. Ron and Santa was terrific. Jennifer Harrison, Rob Shooter, Mark Malusis, Lydia, you guys, as always, were great. From Lou Rafino to Justin Ellick to Luke Legrano, Frankie Diaz with an E, and Deb and Claudia, everybody. But in the, in the Anthony situation, did people to take a listen uh, to something different from him? You know? And look, maybe you hate him even more today. Maybe you hate him even more. Maybe it did nothing for you. But there's a lot of people that sent me stuff like, Sid, what are you doing? What are you doing? And those same exact people said, got to tell you, I look at it a little different now. And um, sometimes that's the case with people, you know. Um, some Somebody just said to me, F. Wiener, a very good friend of mine. He's not impressed. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, but I think um, when you have a radio show like this and a forum like this, uh, you give that person the opportunity to present themselves, and then it's up to you folks out there to decide how you feel, whether you listen, whether you care, or whether you don't. Either way, it's been a tremendous week. Bernard will be back on Monday. 
Thank you for all the prayers, all the wishes, all the love directed at him. He appreciates it. I appreciate it. The whole station appreciates it. My guys here did a tremendous job this week. The shows were amazing. The guests were great. And I enjoyed doing it. So have yourselves a healthy weekend. Enjoy the weekend programming here on WABC and the rest of today. God willing, we'll all be back with Bernard on Monday morning at 6 a.m. Until that time, folks, from all of us to all of you, peace. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.